Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Rich Octopus Cephala Podcast. That's the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Nebri Art Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. <laughs> I am your host. My name is Parasite Steve. And with me as always are my hilarious rebooted colleagues a nintendo the shredder a kitchen utensil and 8-bit alchemy i don't have the power oh that sounds like a personal problem bud yeah uh i'm actually uh running this computer right now off of a hamster Mm. um it's a really fast hamster but uh, yeah i hope you don't get tired yeah, you yeah. Well, power. you know, I fed him, fed him some cheese. Hmm. Do hamsters eat cheese? They do, and they want to go fast. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> fast hamsters eat cheese. Everybody uh, does. <laughs> see, this is this is a show where you learn stuff, and that's a stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever the singular of stuff is. Uh, well, with us tonight, uh, we have an extra special returning guest. A man that we have uh, become very, very good friends with online in the last four plus years. Uh, dude that I like to call Justin Cooper. Woo-woo! <laughs> and, and, and by the way, why, why wouldn't you say it was lava powered? I mean, really? Because <laughs> uh, my my apartment right now just cannot handle lava powered computers. Like, I, yeah, most, most uh, can. If I was in my stone bunker, maybe. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> if 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 you were in your uh your vader castle on mustafar maybe mm-hmm. yeah, which, my, my which kids I would talk about every um, other thursday what, yes. what is it uh uh minecraft they'd be like if you dig deep enough you'll find lava I'm like okay <laughs> I, I don't get it man but all right i can power my computer down there <laughs> i mean that is kind of like real life i mean if you dig do dig down deep enough anywhere you probably will find lava eventually i mean you're not going to make it power power my, my laser bowser statues I like to say you dig down deep enough, you'll find the sky. <laughs> I like that. Ain't that right? Well, uh, Retroids tonight on this uh, this here episode of the Retro Doctor with Cephala podcast, we are going to be talking about the greatest cartoon reboots of all time as judged by ourselves. So this is basically any cartoon. We stuck to cartoons. Any cartoon that, it, you know, 
they made a second one total reboot it's not a sequel it's not a spin-off and uh everybody rags on reboots and uh you know in the movie industry reboots tend to be especially ragged on but you know what there are some really worthwhile rebooted cartoon shows there are some that are not worthwhile we might touch upon those too but the main thing is to spotlight a bunch of really cool ones that maybe you've heard of maybe you've seen maybe you haven't and uh and maybe if you haven't maybe you'll check some new ones out because mm. uh because maybe maybe you will i don't know maybe maybe you trust our opinions maybe you think we're cool maybe you think we maybe you're just trying to about. waste an hour and a half in the yeah. car i mean that's that's on you way. because you know this show's not that short either, wait either just way. to clarify for the listeners so this podcast is not actually about the cartoon reboot no Oh, no, it's not. okay. No, All right. no I, that... I have I have ill prepared. Oh shit! Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to read that. You got to read the I whole the whole Facebook five messenger times. message. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> Ironically, the, the the only cartoon that hasn't been rebooted we'll be talking about tonight is the cartoon named Reboot. So we're, yes. gonna, we're gonna try to keep it under two and a half hours, but no promises. Justin <laughs> Cooper is here, and he <laughs> is a talker. Yo, I feel so Gabba, known. Gabba. <laughs> <laughs> so 8-Bit, why don't you start us off? What you got, man? Okay, so I will start us off with uh, with a show that came out on Netflix uh, a few years ago, 2016, and I'm talking Voltron Legendary Defender. Nice. Uh, so, so I my the shows that I picked for this episode kind of have a theme, and the theme being uh, they were shows that I had no exposure to originally. Right. I watched the reboots and really really liked them um and it kind of made me want to go and at least see the source material a little bit but uh voltron is just a property that i was aware of i mean it's kind of hard not to know about it being in the nerd space and liking power rangers and transformers and all those kind of things you know it's like voltron was was quintessential Uh get it because there's quintessence (laughs) in voltron but uh but you know it was one of those properties and i just i had no exposure to it um so when this reboot came out you know there was a couple of things going for it one it was like cool it's another reason to justify this netflix subscription Mm -hmm. uh two it was um had dreamworks's name on it which made me go damn okay there's actually like some some money behind this thing um but also it was it was being done at least in part by folks who did avatar the last airbender at least i know you know there's some staff that worked on it um which is you know really cool that's a that's a fantastic show in and of itself and uh and so legendary defender um uh, I, I have not seen all of it full disclosure uh i am not i'm not looking for any part of the shows that i talk about to be like a spoiler cast i'm not really trying to talk yeah. about the whole thing right right i i, I kind of want to talk about it in like a in a bit of a broader stroke just to get people to maybe check it out if they haven't um one of the other things that i just that drew me to the show hardcore was the voice talents of Tyler Labine uh, playing sock. And and yeah, I mean, sock is just my guy. Like I love Reaper. Uh, If this show, if this show was not cartoon specific, Reaper would have definitely been my octoponder. I want, I really goddamn wish that show kept going. Um, Freaking Ray Wise, man. Yeah, dude, that show was, was fire. Eight bit. And I got to talk to Ray Wise in person about Reaper and he was incredibly responsive yeah. to it yeah he was he was really pumped we got to see the ray tired of smile. talking about um twin peaks right 
right every yeah everybody else is talking twin peaks he was there with cheryl and finn and a bunch of twin peaks people and we're like mm-hmm. hey reaper and he's like right. oh my god i oh my god really yes i love reaper he's like, like oh i talked i talked to the reaper cast all the time he's like we we all want to re redo it and you know get another season or get another movie or so bad or i oh, i would love that but yeah so i mean that was a huge draw for me because you know tucker and dale versus evil kicked ass uh, I was always excited to, you know, see something new that Tyler Bean was doing and uh, 2016, this happened to be it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, this show does a great job having, uh, and, and, you know, you, you guys feel free to chime in, please, to fill in blanks on the original show, but yeah. it does a great job of making each one of the, you know, the, the pilots of the different lions feel like. I think really he just called us old. <laughs> hey he just called I, a spade a spade yeah, I, 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 to you your your word bank i used the word old my word bank i used wise i used experience oh okay <laughs> i heard okay like, boomer so we're, 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 <laughs> we're operating it in in different uh you know different word banks here but yeah he called us know. rays a couple of rays we're both very wise yeah, right <laughs> yeah devil. see there, there you go I, I like um, the voice talents of Jeremy Shada, who plays Finn from uh, Adventure Time, Adventures yes. in the Land of Ooh. Yes. So that that to me was the first thing that drew me into this show. I actually so who is he? Was he Lance? He's he Lance. is Lance. Yeah, I didn't and realize that watching. He's it, hilarious. Can... He's so damn yeah, he's funny. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean Finn. Finn is one of my all-time favorite characters. Like he's just perpetually just cheery, happy, uh, like chaotically positive, and great for it uh so yeah jeremy shada is lance so like you know you have your your headstrong full of himself you know infallible lance you have keith who's just you know kind of like tough guy brooding guy not as much development like right at first yep. uh you have you know uh, shiro shiro who like definitely is interesting from you know he's similar in keith with like you know being a little bit he, he he's he's older he's been through some shit like he's kind of like a little bit brooding but not like he can't uh not to say that he has no comedy either because like there's the one episode where they're all doing like bad sound effects for lasers and they're like oh no it's like it's more like pow 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 and then shiro's like okay enough with the bad sound effects already and besides it's more like blam 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 and like, like he also like weighs in on that. So I'm like, yeah. you know, they they give the characters like a lot of depth and everything. Um, you have Pidge, uh, played by Bex Taylor Klaus, and I mean, great great character. You know, a lot of depth there. And in, in season yep. one, you learn you know plenty about Pidge that really you know is cool and and different to uh, to have a show do. Uh, and then you know, Hunks Tyler Labine, and you cannot not mention Reese Darby as as Karan. Yeah, uh, he's just fucking adorable and perfect, and such a dumbass, and just great. He's great. He's, he's so great. lovable. Reese Darby is always amazing. I love him. Yes. so much. Yep, and I I won't uh, skip over Princess Allura, played by Kimberly Brooks. Um, also a great character, and and you know they they really yes. do a good job of making the princess have you know a lot of responsibility, a lot of you know cool adventures. Like she is as much a character. She's not just. Yeah. The princess in the castle mm-hmm. isn't it um, funny though right. that she's not in the lion in the season like in the series like as opposed to uh they start out with lance and all that and i mean um that you know she she had the pink jumpsuit and the blue lion back in the original uh voltron right which yeah. is why she, her i think they made her outfit blue and pink which is mm-hmm. so freaking cool it's really well, cool. so coop you've seen the whole show right eventually no no i've i've oh. watched drips and drabs it, yeah just 
just keep watching man yeah keep keep watching watching. yeah honestly like this show is so impressive to me for like its level of uh like attention to detail that it paid to the original source material it's just absolutely insane like the thing that uh, and this doesn't really give too much away really i mean a little bit but it's not it's not that big a deal but so like one of the things that always bugged me so much about the original show was that it made no sense to me that they had, unlike the Power Rangers, you know, the colors of the pilots didn't necessarily match their lions. Mm. Made no sense, right? So you had Pidge wore green and drove the green lion. Cool. That makes sense. Honk wore uh, orange, orange. And, <laughs> yeah, and, right. and drove the yellow lion. So it's like, okay, well, close enough. close enough whatever uh and then everybody else made no sense so the original pilot of the blue lion was this character in english he was his name was sven but he was shiro in the japanese version and uh he wore black and he drove the blue lion and then lance wears blue and drives the red and keith wears red and drives the black so it's like well why there's right. no Why? sense to it it's just chaos for no reason so it's like i don't know the ADD-ness of me just it's like it's like i can't understand ocd <laughs> like oh ocd like i can't understand like why you did this it doesn't make any sense at all I, so i know uh the very beginning of the original voltron there was a character before the princess became a defender yes yeah, sven uh yeah, yeah. that's so he I think he um, he dies in the show. Right. So he's black. He wears black. He drives the blue. And then he in the American version, he gets killed. But that. That was I, I th- you know, what? and I think I think in the Japanese one, he got killed. And then they there was a in the American one, he eventually shows up again, but he never pilots it. They, they find out he survived and he was like living on some planet. But I think that I think it was different in the Japanese one. But anyway, Shiro became the like leader so they're like all right well the guy who get got killed we're gonna make him the new leader and uh and at the beginning of the show all the pilots match their lions so i was like okay this is cool i like this ocd is satisfied everybody matches their color just like in power rangers makes perfect sense and i really would have been okay if they had left it there even though the different pilots you know they piloted different lions than in the original. It's like, what does it matter? Who cares? You know, at least now it all matches and all makes sense. And then later they honestly mix it up and nobody changes out their costume because that wouldn't really make sense. Like you're wearing your suit, right? And it only fits you. Like, you know, nobody's going to fit in hunk suit anyway. Yeah. So like, you know, they keep their own original costumes but then they switch lions so eventually logistically they would have to right like you would have to have someone else train on the leg just in case or someone else chain on like on i mean the chest really doesn't do shit uh, they they make a they make a great reason for it in the show like of why it happens and it's it's just very very interesting to me like how much thought they're like okay this doesn't make sense there's no reason for them to pilot different colors than they have because in the with the exception of orange, all the colors of the suits match the lion. So why wouldn't they match up? It doesn't make sense. So the creators must have been like, okay, well, let's do it right the real way. But then 
for the fans who might complain, we'll we'll make it all match the original show eventually. <laughs> all it's the just, fans that have been watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> it's it's just it awesome. should be purple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just thought that was just so insane. So I just I just always yeah. like to mention that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. I, I love the, the redesign of Voltron himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's cool looking. So yeah, awesome. yeah, Voltron looks awesome. And uh I, I love how the show does uh scale. Like, you know, there'll be a lot of really great establishing shots of just the people near the lion because you lose track of how big the lions are. Yeah, like oh, you, yeah. you yeah. easily yeah. just think, Oh yeah, they're like the size of a car or whatever. And then it's like you see Pidge working on the lion, it's like, Jesus Christ, the thing's like a fucking plane. It's huge. And, and the green uh, lion is the smallest. Right, is the smallest one. And and, uh, and so I love that. I love how they established that. And, um, you know, it makes it really the dingy. It extra, <laughs> you know, satisfying when you see Voltron come together and fight this huge monster. And you just kind of are like, wow, this thing is like so fucking big. This is like Godzilla sized, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that I think is really cool. Um, great writing, great comedy, very yep. well animated. Uh, yeah. A lot of like, you know, anime esque tropes that were you know similarly found in avatar the last yes. airbender yes. without yes. being yeah. you know a, a true to form anime um it i i think a lot of the comedy in that regard does hit though which is rare because a lot of times that shit just falls flat on its face yeah for it's, me. it's not cringy which yeah, is, is something not. that you run into a lot yeah totally yeah, yeah a lot of anime humor like that can be really cringy and i feel like this show just kind of nails it like it, it just has such a fun like playful vibe with the youthfulness of the team and just all, all like the the inter you know character dialogue and goofs and just the way that they're like screwing with each other is is really funny and yeah. uh and hunk is just fucking hilarious like he he is so great as like you know okay he's he's the big guy he's not dumb he's just like he's kind of like uh he is into food but he's into like the culinary side of it and like cooking and he's also really logical and practical and he's like oh i don't know guys like i kind of just think we should maybe not go through that portal like maybe we just go home you know like he just kind of is like the voice of reason of like why are we doing this and uh and i appreciate his character a lot i i honestly don't feel like there's an annoying character that i've found no uh, which nope. so yeah, often happens. Cool. There's always like, oh, okay, but there's that one character that sucks. Right. It's like, no. Well, in the original oh, show, I, I couldn't stand Pidge because I couldn't stand Pidge's voice. So Pidge was my least favorite. <laughs> Fair. But right. uh, I also couldn't stand Hunk. He was just one note. He was just hungry, and that was it. That's all he had. Right. Uh, Hunk like, was there the to be the, the fat, hungry guy, which unfortunately is a trope that anime does a lot. A lot. Um, which is yeah, a bummer. A but um, I watch a lot of anime. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, that shit just doesn't fly anymore which is which is you know fantastic that they were like we kept that element we did not take away the fact that he you know liked food and all this other stuff but we we built evolved it it. yeah flashed him out we evolved it yeah and we made him have a lot of really great qualities yeah in in addition to that and it's like yeah nailed it like that's that's the way to do it he found the lion in the first episode based on like an algorithm or something he was looking at based on like an elemental report and all that and it's like oh and it matches like like the one-eyed willy sort of thing with the key matches yeah, the right. mm-hmm. so yeah. it's like i'm like oh this guy's got a little bit more under the surface than yeah. just the guy who's hungry and threw right. up right the guy's hungry. right and, and there was yeah. an episode where like you know uh all of the um the team like stops they hear this distress call and they go to help out these two people that are stranded and hunk is like he's like 
an engineer hardcore like he gets in there he starts fixing stuff he's like working on the ship and he's like yeah i don't know man i saw that their power converter was dented but nothing around it was damaged and to me that just seems really suspicious i feel like if your power converter was damaged it would have also had ramifications for everything around it so the fact that that one thing was destroyed and nothing else was really sounded kind of fishy to me and everyone else was like okay hunk we get it like (laughs) like he like really flexed his knowledge of you know that situation so yeah you know Overall, really great characterization in the show. Hundred uh, I mean, percent. It got it got eight seasons, seventy eight episodes. Oh, wow. Not every not every season is a full season. Um, you know, and they and, were and, putting and, them out like three a year, I think. Yeah, it was. It yeah. had like a really like rapid release uh, it did. cycle. The first episode's over an hour long. It's kind of like a movie. So honestly, if you just want to watch that, like that's a pretty awesome start. And uh, if you're not into it after that, you probably won't be. Hmm. But I feel like it'll really it really grabbed me. And uh, I don't know. It was one of those things where going back and rewatching some of it. I was in that episode and I'm like, this feels like a really long 20 minutes. And, and I, I was like, oh, Jesus, it's been on off for an hour. But it's yeah. like I, I haven't even thought about it. You know, it's just yeah. like very, yeah. very good storytelling. So, nice. yeah, um, you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of the gist of what I wanted to say. But I loved this reboot uh, i yeah. think it's this is such a great example um and it made a fan of me for a property that i had no nostalgia for right which i think is a huge success yeah yeah for for me this is like kind of the modern gold standard uh for good reboots yeah. this yes. is this is because yeah, this is above and beyond i mean eight seasons and it never it never jumped the shark it was good all the way through i watched every episode with dr matteo and wow. it was uh, it was it was really, really fun to watch. It it probably didn't need to go eight seasons, but it honestly never got bad. Like, yeah, you could have seen they could have ended it like season six, probably. And it just kept going. But it's like, yeah, but it's still cool. You still seeing different stuff. And, right. and yeah. you know, they yeah. go to a different different places you're not expecting. And and with the story and with the villains and it, it really, really never, ever rested on its laurels. And I will say uh you know, just uh, I, I really always felt like from the old show, I always felt like Sven was my favorite. And I think I only thought that because he was the precious, you know, commodity. He was barely in it. He was the guy who died. He was a guy who wore black. Uh, I felt like his name was cool. Um, like, I I just always felt like, no, Sven is, Sven's my favorite. You know, Sven and, is cool. Uh, he likes Norwegian death metal. Yeah, he likes Norwegian <laughs> death metal. <laughs> and uh, so in this one, you know, they they make they make Shiro, and he's he's the leader, and and he's kind of like the Leonardo. He's kind of like the Cyclops. And I'm like, oh my god, there's no way this guy's not going to be my like hardcore favorite character. And as much as I did love Shiro, I I liked Hunk the best, and I cannot believe because that is not the archetype I ever ever drift to as a favorite character dude you you nailed it right there they they tried something and they're like hey everyone's gonna like this one he's mysterious and all that he's the roy foker of the group it's like uh yeah and then you got your rick hunter you know with lance yep, or, or yep. with keith and with all that, that and it's yeah. like i i felt so pigeonholed watching this and rooting for characters and i'm like i'm gonna root for lance and i'm like fuck these other guys i don't care about <laughs> keith <laughs> and you know you know i one last thing there's so many episodes they, there's so many characters there's so many episodes it, it's this is a this is something i'm going to bring up later pervasive worlds universe building world building that's something that i love always this show does it like 
on like the god tier levels there's so many characters that That's are introduced awesome. and that like keep coming back keep coming back because there's so many episodes but they also really get to flush out the characters in like you said 8-bit but it's like you'll have a whole episode with just keith or a whole episode yep. with lance and he or you'll feel like there is a focus on one of the, they call them paladins and yeah the paladins. Like pilots. oh yeah paladins yeah. Are like you know very much you know they all get their day in the sun they all get yeah their and there's like time to shine. there's cool development in also the lions too like they like That's you know there'll true. be an episode yeah. where it's like oh the you know they unlocked the one of the you know secret powers of the lions yes. like yes okay right. it's very silly and video gaming and, and yada yada but like it's fun as hell Absolutely. to just be like okay Absolutely. they're not just different colors either I mean you know for me. The most unique is the yellow one because he's kind of like tanky and uh, it's got like this bigger jaw and everything. The rest of them, they look similar at mm-hmm. face value. The, the black one's really, really big, uh, mm-hmm. really, really big yeah. man. But uh, the, the <laughs> really, really you know, big, <laughs> really, really big man. Uh, but the other uh, lions, you know, they also all develop their own unique abilities and stuff, which further develops them. And uh, I think it's a super cool aspect. Yes, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah great that. show. I mean, everybody should check it out if you're at. If you somehow miss this and you were a Voltron fan, like, oh my god, for the love of God, right? What I'm are you doing? It. Stop I'm whatever you're it. doing and watch Le- Legendary. Stop hearing this, this damn show. Yeah, go watch right. that damn show. Right. Absolutely, it's, it's definitely <laughs> a, it's definitely a reboot done right. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. for absolutely. Sure. So, does anybody have anything else to say about Voltron Legendary Defender? I will just say that I did not get on the show right away, but a mutual acquaintance of uh, 8-Bit and, and myself, uh, Gwen Ninja, got me on it. And um, hell of a show. And uh, big, big thank you to uh, Gwen Ninja for that, uh, getting me on yeah. this. Very cool. That's awesome. Nice. All right. So let's move right along here. And uh, why don't we go with our guest, Mr. Justin Cooper? What do you got, pal? Woo-hoo. I have the 2011 Thundercats. Oh, so, nice. Excellent. This nice. this was this is a really fun one. So um it's a retelling of the ThunderCats. It's it's a complete rehaul uh, overhaul where where they kind of pay homage back to the original series. And mm-hmm. the original series went on for years and had like eight seasons and you want to talk about like being formulaic. I mean, they had like several episodes where it's the exact same thing. Mumra dresses up like and pretends to be someone else. He tricks Lionel. In a fight ensues. He loses. You know, it's it's like the same thing. This was just completely different. This yep. is um, 26 episodes, and um, it they kind of had like a similar sort of idea to this, where it's like, okay, it's going to be a learning curve for the characters, and they're going to learn how to do things. And they're displaced, their kingdom's been destroyed, and it's just the wandering Thundercats. It's uh, Lord Lionel, then you've got uh, Snarf, Wily Kit, Wily Cat. Chitara and uh, Tigra, and eventually they'll go on to meet Panthro and stuff, and then they'll meet like Pumira, Linkso, and uh, Bengali, like down down the road, the Burbles and stuff like that. But um, every was, episode was Bengali in the show. I don't think he was. I, I think that he's in it, but he doesn't speak. Like he just I, shows you. Just you're like, oh, okay. Because Pumira, Pumira got like a nice arc. Which oh yeah, awesome. definitely. They they really yeah. showcased her, and that was cool. Yeah, I think I, re- I remember seeing him on like a spaceship or something like that. It's like, I'm yeah, like, oh, I think yeah. He saw, yeah. yeah, I feel like you saw him and Link so, but they they didn't do anything. And yeah, they you, didn't do you anything. Got, with him. You got the like impression that they were going to be in season two or something. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Oops. We'll, we'll get Oops. there. Yes. <laughs> no, we won't. Okay. <laughs> but um, it's, it's cool because every, every arc was character development. And it was, it was similar to the, the idea that they have like a, a singular quest and they're going to go through this episode and that's going to lead you to the end of the quest. And some of them would be like two-parters and all that, but there's always some sort of moral that's intertwined in here. And um, I, I don't know if you guys ever got a chance to see this one. It's episode number four. It's the Song of the Petalars. Yes. So that's actually is, one of the best episodes of the, the whole show. And that, that yeah. show is this, it's just a poem out of nowhere. Oh my God. It, it's and, so beautiful. It's so, so weird how good that episode is. It, it is. It, it's, it's one of those things like, like you're saying, it's, it's like, like poetry, like good art and all that. So I, I actually, I, I had a chance uh, maybe last year or the year before to speak with the guy who wrote the episode. So really? it's, uh, my favorite comic book artist is J.M. DeMatteis, who um, he, he wrote the uh, Craven's Last Hunt. He wrote Justice, Justice League uh, International, like like all, all the big, big books, like Maximum Carnage, like the beginning of that. Wow. Like, so so he's like big into this kind of stuff. And and um, he wrote an episode of The Twilight Zone. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. But he wow. wrote this episode. So I get I get like three questions for the band. My first question, I'm obsessed out of everything, like with comic books and stuff like that. I'm asking him about like Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Second question comes around and I'm like, Thundercats, uh, Song of the Petalars, tell me about it. You know, and and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this was just kind of, you know, we did this thing. It could not have been more natural and matter of fact, his answer about this one. It's a story of, you know, coming of age. Someone starts out as a young man, grows and gets experience, and you know you you learn a lesson by the end of the episode. And I'm just like riveted to what he's saying, and, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> it was so it was so exciting just to get to connect with him on how much I loved this episode. And, and I like to the listeners, I can't tell you it's like my girlfriend watched this and she does not give a frig about uh, Thundercats, <laughs> like, and it's not like no she doesn't care. Yeah, it's just like you know she's like, oh okay, whatever. And I mean, right, by the end of the episode, she was in tears, just like, oh, my God, it's so emotionally gripping. I'm like, I know, right? You know, your emotions <laughs> know are is. gripped. <laughs> Consider your emotions gripped. So Hashtag but, um, gripped. it's it's just it's just one of those things. It, it it was so before its time, you know, and in 2011, there was there was some decent stuff coming out. But, you know, we, we've got, you know, the return of Lionel and the Sword of Omens and Mumra. We're, at this point, we're eight years past the reboot of He-Man on, mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network. So yep. this one was due. They get a cast of Will Friedle doing Lionel, Emmanuel, I can never say her name, Chikri, doing Chitara. D. Bradley Baker was doing Slythe. Kevin Michael Richardson was doing Panthro. Uh, yep. Matt Mercer, for anyone who's into critical role, Matt Mercer, he did Tigra. Oh, yeah. Yep. Larry Kenny comes back. The original Lion-O does Cle- uh, King Claudius. Clancy yeah, Lion- Brown. Lion-O's dad. Very cool. Yep. Lion-O's dad. And then you've got uh, Clancy Brown doing the voice of Groon. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it was such a well done thing. The animation is gorgeous, too. You so, know, who, was, uh, even though it was only beautiful. Even though he was only in two episodes, uh, you know who did the voice of Ultraman? Of Ultraman? No. Michael McKean. Oh, oh, cool. Yep. This squiggy, is, squiggy himself. Uh, this is uh, this is Spinal Tap fame. Mm-hmm. I just I saw that. CD. I don't know if I can remember his name from Spinal Tap. Uh, David St. Hubbins. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Just you're right there for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I oh man, I love it. So anyway, the spinal Nigel, tap cartoon. Nigel Tufnell. Yeah, Nigel Tufnell. Nigel Nigel Tufnell. 
<laughs> you could say this 2011 goes to 11. You could. <laughs> but I won't. But I won't. So, yeah. You've already done it. <laughs> this section of drink the Richard Optimus uh, podcast is not endorsed by terrible you, puns. <laughs> it's brought to you by the number 11. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven eight, nine, eight, nine, nine, ten, ten, eleven. 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 <laughs> eleven done. Dun, 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 <laughs> That's it. We're done. <clears throat> but I, I don't have too much else to say on this, just that um, you know, it's it's good because there's a clear quest that they're going for. They're looking mm-hmm. for the Book of Omens, they're looking for the uh, jewel of omen, like all that kind of stuff, and you really yeah, the get a sense. The Eye of Thunder, yeah. So they're, they're yeah. looking for that, and you know, this had so many places to go, and it just never made it. It was eventually canned because of Lego Adventures uh, Legends of Chima, which came out at the same time, and they didn't want to have shows that were too similar. And Lego was through the roof at the time, and uh, th- this was like uh, right before I think uh, the Ninjutsu Legos. The Spinjitzu ones. Oh, yeah. Ninjago. Was it that one? Ninjago. Yeah. So, so right, like that stuff, it was still riding high. This, this actually like predates the Lego movie, too. So it's like, ugh, that's what ended up doing in the Thundercats was the Legends of Chima. So freaking <laughs> yeah. disappointing. And it, I mean, you know, whatever. I'm sure Lego's Legends of Chima has all its fans, but to, to shit can such a gorgeous reboot as the Thundercats show was, man, yeah. what a tragedy. You can still watch all the episodes on Hulu. So that's yep. that's the fun part. That's yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I just wish they had made a movie just to. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Just to end it. it off. Just right. To end it. Like, who cares about the fucking toys? We like the story. We like these yeah. characters. It's, I do have the, the toys. Story. So. <laughs> I, I have all the figures from this series, I believe, except for uh, I don't have the tank. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't get the thumbshank. Damn it! Damn it. Yeah, yeah. We watched the show. I I watched it when it aired, as it was airing, um, and then years later, um, actually, only maybe a handful of years ago, we we all watched this together. I was like, "You guys got to see this. We got to watch." And we just we just right. watched the whole thing. Um, it's like you know, it's not that long, and uh, it really is just so worthwhile. And again, yep. I'm gonna say it every time: the world building is amazing even in this short of a show you had characters that would come back from other episodes and uh just yep. just like with voltron um i ended up loving a character best that i wasn't expecting in the old show i was i am a hundred percent in the like in the corner of panthro he is my he's my dude absolutely 100 um and uh in this show i was like kind of not really digging panthro's design that much and i'm like you know what he's panthro I'm, he's probably gonna win me over and you know what i like panthro in this show i like the way he was older i like the way that he had his own sort of thing going on he had his backstory with groon which was really cool um but honestly like i was i was a fan of tigra tigra was like hands down my favorite and he is almost unlikable for a while yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty enigmatic like yeah, by you, the time you yeah. get yeah, I mean, and then you, really, you get to the part with him and Chitara, and you're like, "Yes, this is what I want." And and then you then then they answer the question of how can he be Lionel's brother if he's a tiger? It's like the monsters thing. Like, how does a Frankenstein and a vampire make a werewolf? Right. Yes. It's like why? Why is <laughs> just because? I think in the old show they weren't brothers, right? They weren't related. But in this, they made yeah. them, you know, Tiger was the older brother of Lionel. But you find out like, oh, but tigers are the lower caste 
cat species and they aren't allowed to be the rulers. Only the lions can be the rulers. Um, so there is like this uh, very serious sibling rivalry going on between the two. And it's it goes right. a lot harder than cartoons oh, yeah. usually do. The yeah. oh, there's, a, you- there's a definite caste system. And I mean, like even like the cheetahs are considered like mystics. You know, and and Groon is a, a was it a Smilodon, the uh, saber toothed tiger? Yeah, yep, yeah. But but the, but the dynamic between Lionel and Tiger, it's like they play with it to the point where at for a while there, you're like, do they actually not like each other? Is Tiger going to turn bad? Like right. this is they really seem like they hate each other's guts. And then as it goes, you just understand the relationship better. And it all makes sense and it all does work. And you just came into the story while they were in like having a, having a bad patch and, uh, and as, as siblings do, you know? So it's like, uh, I loved that. I thought, I thought the, the brothers were the most interesting part of the show for me. And I just, Oh my God, I just love Tigra so much. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty great. And the episode where they found the, the other tigers was, is one of my favorites as well. Oh, where they, they find out that they're uh, like sky pilots with like those, no. uh, the ships or. Uh, well, I mean, I don't remember the sky pilot thing. They're, they're all trapped uh, in a mountain and they're cursed. Oh, okay. Um, and they, you find out why the tigers have like been absent from the world for so long. They've all been trapped. And, uh, and there's a, there's a, a curse upon them and uh, they sent baby tiger off into the world um, to escape. And that's why he's the only tiger, but I mean, awesome episode, really, really a lot of good episodes though, for sure. So cool. Yep. I love, I love the take on the, uh, the mutants too. And they didn't call them like, Ooh, yeah. Like monkey and wasn't called monkey. (laughs) He actually got a name and Jackal man got a name. And uh, Vulture Man had a name. Slide is Slide, but that's a name. So, right, <laughs> right. he wasn't Lizard Guy. I miss those voices, though. Like the, <laughs> you know, it's like the they're like really yeah. over dramatic Rankin and Bass voices where they yeah. had. I don't know, Lionel. <laughs> was Paul Freeze somewhere on the Thundercats? I feel like Paul Freeze was probably there somewhere. Most definitely, Hello. I'm sure. <laughs> It's Paul Freeze. What, what about like uh, Theodore? You know, or something oh, bro- like another one. Yeah, brother, brother Theodore. Theodore. Yeah. Why yeah. is a raven like a writing desk? Yeah. <laughs> Little uh, last unicorn for you there. I uh, I, I just watched uh, the Burbs. He's in the Burbs. Oh my like, god! I love my, the Burbs. My brother, the Doctor. <laughs> love the Burbs. The Burbs. Um, the Burbs. Awesome. So. Thundercats, anybody have anything else on Thundercats? Uh, I love the fact that they briefly showed uh, Tiger Sharks. Oh, oh cool. so good. Yeah. Yes, there was that. So, okay, good so There point. was like a cameo from uh, uh, the villain from uh, Silverhawks. Too. Yes, Monstar. Oh, Monstar, yeah. Yeah, yes. so, yeah yep. there, was, there was that and whole that one episode for like, for like a few seconds. Yes, because they had that, that episode where you went back in time and Lionel like quantum leaped into like a past right. self yep. and he uh you got to find out that the thundercats were actually once uh servants of mumra and you know they at that point were like under his thumb or whatever they were like his his main army force before he was forced to just just accept the lizards because they're like not as good as the cats but it's like well i guess the lizards then 
But like back then he had the cats and they were the hated race. They were the good right hand of Mumra. And, uh, and yeah, there was like the scene with all these monitors and uh, yeah, there you saw some, you saw the tiger sharks and Monstar was on one of the mo- monitors. monitors That's yeah. so mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Um, it could have been a connected and, it could have been yeah. a connected universe that could have done yes. a whole thing if the show had yep. kept yes. going absolutely yes. they uh. absolutely could have done that and uh, it would have been similar to my pick which i will go uh last in this cycle but uh it's the same sort of idea that that they did with that but uh before i get there uh nintendo yes hey buddy hey how are you doing i'm doing pretty good so like what, what do you what, what you got well, I got uh, this little show called uh, Transformers Prime. 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 This was a show that uh, I wasn't too sold on at first. Not until uh, Parasite Steve you know, watched it before I did. And, and he told me how good it was. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I fell in love with this show. I love the redesigns. Of all the robots, I think Megatron looks fucking demonic as hell, and he's awesome. I fucking love Megatron in the show. Um, Optimus Prime looks freaking amazing. I think all the 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 redesigns are better than the Michael Bay movie redesigns because you Which, can tell who's who, right? But they do. It is it is like cartoonified bay transformers which is i wasn't sure if you were going to get into the show or not but like it is that bay universe like they do look like they started there not what, like G1. better they look better yes yeah they they i i agree better. i agree like there's yeah. not, not not like a ton of like moving parts on all the on all mm-hmm. the robots like okay why why this right. gives me a headache <laughs> <laughs> there's cool there's cooler character dynamics too like it's better than just watching like a whiny ass spike and stuff you know yes yes who i hated spike in the original show by the way um but uh the they kids, melt him in like a vat of acid inside of uh unicron, unicron? uh no or is that his dad uh, un- un- unfortunately uh he gets <laughs> saved so <Boom! laughs> by, by, by his son of all the <laughs> autobots to survive <laughs> it's okay i think oh, i think I think Hound made it, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the yeah. the one death in the original movie I was bummed about was Wheeljack because he just they just show him dead on the floor. He wasn't even. Yeah, he died off screen. Movie. He's my but, number one favorite of all but time. Wheeljack, yeah, Wheeljack yeah, in this show. Too. Wheeljack in this show is like a major character, and he's like the coolest fucking one. Yeah, it's, it's hard to talk right. about him without giving stuff away, and on this show, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I will say this: they they did release a, a game, and it, it's not Prime related, but it's it's on Cybertron. I don't know if you guys ever played this a couple years ago. It was a War for Cybertron or War on Cybertron. Yep. Yes, War for Cybertron. Yeah. Yeah. So they released yeah. downloadable content, and I was like the first person to jump on this and be like, "Wait a minute, I can play Escalation Mode as Wheeljack? Yes, please!" <laughs> and I was like all into that, and man, that nice. was great. Yeah, I love Wheeljack, but yeah, yeah he, he so doesn't good. look the same on this show at all. But like, he's such a badass. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool, cool yeah. vocal dynamic where his sides light up when he's talking. Yeah, it's like oh, ear, original. Talk, yeah, yeah. We always say he talks with his ears. Yeah, right, right, right. The only thing I, I don't like about the show, or maybe it's a good thing, I'm not sure, but uh, the the cast of characters is quite small compared yeah. to the the older shows. 
Uh, sure, there's right. only like uh, six or seven characters per faction. So you have Optimus Prime, RC, who I love. Um, she looks nothing like she did in the, the older show. She's like completely redone from scratch. She's, she, she's still pretty sexy. She's a, <laughs> if if you think robots are sexy, sure. I do. Um, <laughs> I like a woman with corners. I'm right here. I, I I am admitting this. this is... Right. Uh, and, and of course, no, you have to have Bumblebee. He's like the most popular character at this point. At this point, um, yeah. He's better uh, than Sunstreaker. Oh, Sunstreaker. I'm He's the exact same thing, like... but red. So. Oh. I, I believe uh, he gets like... cut in half at one point. So in one oh, of the wait, movies. Do you mean so. Cliff Jumper? No, no, there was also Sunstreaker too. Wasn't he Sunstreaker's yellow, right? I th- I think that Sunstreaker was the red one that was in the movie that fell off a cliff. Hmm. Oh, Something terrible. Remember. So you guys are gonna have to fight this one out. I I, I don't to know. You got the touch. Hey, you guys would know. I mean, hey, you had Stan Bush on, right? We did. We did. We did. We did. Did. That was awesome. Too. Stan the man. Um, yeah. So we had also had Bulkhead, uh, Ratchet, who was voiced by none other than Jeffrey Combs, which I was today. Love it. Old. Today we'll, old we'll talk about him later, too. But still, what, a, what an um, amazing person. Yeah. Oh, he, he's like he was in everything. I'm, I'm looking at I, I just picked up a copy of uh, it's an HD DVD of the Frighteners. So I have no way to watch this. But okay. it has Jeffrey Combs say, in Why it. are you buying an HD DVD? It was it was like a dollar ninety nine at a Goodwill, and I'm like, like I'm not gonna walk out with this. Peter <laughs> Jackson's <laughs> director's the cut of dark the dark red case on your whole shelf. Yep. You you know it is. <laughs> Dude, nice. I, I love the Frighteners. I love that movie. That's that a great movie. Freaking kicks ass. My body is a roadmap of pain. <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> man! Thanks, Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, of course, then we had Wheeljack, uh, Smokescreen, and Ultra Magnus, who I thought was pretty cool in the show, even though he wasn't mm-hmm. in it that much. Um, then you had Megatron, Soundwave, Starscream, Knockout, Breakdown, uh, Arachnid, Dreadwing, Shockwave, and Predaking. Uh, Predaking is not like in the older shows. He wasn't like a Combaticon or whatever. Combiner. Like, combiner bots or whatever. He was like kind of like... Uh, in this show, they're like the... Um, the ancestors of the Transformers. They're like the the originals or something. Okay. Uh, what did you think of the voice of Starscream in this one? Because there's there's okay. really no comparison to like the original. You yeah. know where it's Megatron! like See exactly. Yeah. It's like we had yeah. that, and now everything else is ruined. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean. It is what it is. I mean, I think I, I didn't think he, it was terrible. It, yeah, it wasn't terrible. It, I don't want to. I mean, I, it was fine. It was fine, and it, he got the job done. Um, Starscream was like really, really scrawny in this show. I feel like, like, not, sure. not, not, like not like like show. What's that? I can't picture what he looked like in this show. He looks. It, he reminds me closer of the movies where he's more like jet shaped. And, and yes. but he's he is he is very slender. Slender, yeah, yeah. Slender man. Yeah, he's great. Slender man. He's... <laughs> slender scream. Oh yeah, I, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, I mean, what comedy look... is this? I mean, he looks, definitely looks <laughs> yeah. cool. This cool, is but, bad yeah. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded a lot like Leonard, actually. So. 
<laughs> Gleefully retracted. <laughs> yeah, so th- th- this show had uh, uh, three seasons uh, and, and a movie to end the series. With I them. love that. I love when yeah. shows do that. Yeah, yeah that's the so best way Thunder, to do it. Thundercats show done. I wish. Oh, but no. Did, did this tie into the um, the rescue robots? I I have I've never watched rescue bots. I don't so think I so. No I don't think so. That was that was just for a different audience, you know. This yeah. was like the this was definitely the show that was I think for teens and like a little bit older fans that were yeah. looking for a, a little bit more darker. of a serious show. It's, de- yeah. it's definitely a darker show, darker than previous shows. Right. Uh, it's still for kids, but it's 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 definitely darker. I mean, there's it's, kids in it, so it's right. kid friendly. Yeah, right. like, like everybody's got like <laughs> they have a human familiar, like all of them. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. True. yeah. I mean, I and also I loved Unicron in the show. I thought he was so cool. I, I, I Unicron's amazing. I didn't, get, I didn't get that far. Oh, he's he's essentially Galactus, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's Galactus. Yeah, Unicorn ends up being Earth. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow. okay. That's crazy. Bug. Nice. Yeah, I I loved what I saw the show, and it did take it did take me a while to get like into it. Like I, I think I was like three or four episodes before I was like, you know what, this is really good. Like I I didn't dislike it, but I was just not sure, and I didn't love the way it looked. But eventually, I grew to like the designs. Yes, and yeah. I grew to like the look of the show, and uh, the yeah, storytelling was there. The storytelling yeah. was absolutely there. Yeah. This, yeah, this was mean, on Cartoon Network, right? It was uh, like at one of those tsunami shows. Hmm. Not sure. I, I, have, I only saw I it on streaming. It. I didn't streaming. watch it when it first aired. I only watched. Oh, okay. It yeah, because yeah, I, I was thinking. I, I remember it was on that. So it's like, all right, if you put on like Friday Night Anime or something like that, this would be the lead-in show to that. And it's like after that, you're like, all right, I'm going to watch like Gundam Wing or, you know, Outlaw Star or something. And, I, you know, or I don't know what else is a like Dragon Ball Super or whatever the hell. But um, I, I think that's kind of how they paired this. So it's like you get like those anime fans to get like that Jones for it. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. and I think that's that's part of the reason it was pretty successful. Yeah, because yeah, this was I, 2010 right. to 2013. Yeah, that, that's about right then. I mean, not Gundam Wing or Outlaw Star at that time. That would have been say, like, yeah, those are yeah. a little bit before that but um, ask a flone no okay so yeah again <laughs> wise very wise yeah. <laughs> right or to use your term old yeah <laughs> let me tell you about golgo 13 see he's okay. a professional hitman oh no never mind yeah see <laughs> and then the okay, nintendo sure. game the way you get your energy back <laughs> you see you line the scope up with well, the window well son Sometimes when you're low on energy, you just have to find yourself what they call a prostitute. Blam, blam. The evening. And you have to just turn off the lights and you don't know what happens next. You don't need to know. All you know is that you got your energy back. That's right. right. That's how professionals do it. On the <laughs> That's how they do it in the biz. That's right. So they call it, right. they call it the biz. Yes. The biz. So like Transformers Prime on Discovery Family. AKA the hub. AKA the oh, right. oh okay the, the hub, hub network. Yeah. yeah. So it was on it was on also with um uh my little pony's friendship is magic. Oh well there you go. And there you have it. Um <laughs> I definitely uh will say to 
just expand on Joe. You mentioned that there's like a smaller cast. I think it's like, it's not that small overall. And it sort of, I mean, I know what you're saying. It's way small. Yeah. Way small. Way, way, way small. Yeah. And like old shows, you would have like a transformer would show up just for that one episode. Like, uh, what was the guy who, like who talked like he was underwater? He's like, oh, oh, that's sea spray. Sea spray. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he was like in one episode. Like, there, there, there's lots of guys that were just like in one episode because they wanted to tell that one story, and and so yeah, that was fun. Very but... similar to that how was uh, Alan Oppenheimer, by the way. Oh, was it? Yeah, <laughs> and that that was uh, if, if, you, if you guys ever listened to the episode, I, I had Gwen Ninja on. Um, it was a fantastic podcast. We do a whole episode on Transformers. I go into how that was the first Transformer that I ever had. And then they proceed to tell me on how there was an episode in which Sea Spray comes back and falls in love with a mermaid, then turns human. Then the mermaid turns into a robot. It's the weirdest, weirdest <laughs> thing ever. And, I, and afterwards, I went to find this and I'm like, this actually happened. So, this is all all, <laughs> yeah, this is 100%. It's a, it's a true story. There actually wasn't a transformer. He came to Earth. That all that you yeah, just said. It's all based it was on a real, real story. Real, real, real stuff. True crime. You couldn't make this shit up. And you don't we have did. to. It's real. <laughs> we did, but you couldn't, you didn't need to. Didn't you could have just, yeah. Pulled it from the headlines. Mm. Robot turns into Merman. Yep. <laughs> Merman. Merman. <laughs> um, <laughs> your sea spray was better than mine that was good (laughs) he just gave it a little bit more you know per syllable i think which is usually how you measure a sea spray i just i just had a lazier sea spray i was actually spraying ocean water in my mouth at that time. yeah 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 there's there's actual brine coming out that's that's the way to do it money for nothing and the checks for free so hey that's how you do it um awesome stuff (laughs) awesome stuff all right so i'm gonna take it home with uh with my pick and that'll be the first half of our episode let's roll out let's roll out let's roll in to all right we're gonna roll in to duckburg that's right the entire reason i did this episode is because i just want to talk about ducktales so, um, that's all okay. I'm really trying to say. I, that's, that's all I'm really <laughs> trying. I, I, I love, I hate sauerkraut, but I love DuckTales. So, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the old show, really big fan. Um, I made a big post about it, got a lot of responses like a few weeks ago. And honestly, like, all I'll say is that, like, this was an important show to me. You know, like, you guys have your important shows. You know, some people have Transformers or Thundercats or whatever. And I mean, I definitely have multiple. But I think the DuckTales was one of the biggest, most important shows for me. And um, I've talked about this before and uh, previously in this same episode about this world building, you know, the sense of, you know, this is a pervasive place where we're building outward. And sometimes we can refer back to stuff. Now, DuckTales didn't refer back to stuff all that often. Um, <clears throat> there were characters that were in more than one episode for sure. But they were, it was very episodic, but you did get to go on adventures. And that's like the other thing. I just, all the shows we're talking about tonight, they're all adventure-based, like action type shows that we've mentioned so far. Um, nobody's, nobody's brought up like a Doug, like a character driven sitcom type cartoon. Uh, and those are fine too. But my favorites have always been like, if, if, if you're 
discovering stuff if you're going on adventures you're going to new lands you know and then you can have like a a vast array of locations and casts of characters and you just never know who you're going to meet each time and i just loved that and i really think that ducktales solve a mystery it's possible or you might rewrite history you might might do both might do both in the same week. It's totally mm-hmm. possible. So DuckTales was a really big one for me. And then the, the, the Treasure of the Lost Lamp came out in the theaters. And I was I was the happiest man ever. I and loved I, that you know, movie. I saw that in the theater. I thought it was the greatest I think thing. I signed up for the Disney DVD Club just so I could get just my hands on that. <laughs> nice. Um, really, really cool. So this, this show, when this came out, I was a little nervous. That's So you got the backstory, right? So coming into this, I'm like, you know what? This one has me a little bit nervous. And then I, cause it's too precious, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. And right. I saw the initial drawings for it and I was not in love with the drawings, much like, you know, we were saying about prime, you know, it took me a little bit to get into it, but right. even when I wasn't super in love with the drawings, what I really liked about them um, was the fact that they were clearly looking towards the, the really old comics. So for those of you who don't know, DuckTales as it, as it, exists is heavily inspired by there were these uh disney comics that were really popular in the like 40s and 50s and um they were the duck series there was like mickey comics there were duck comics actually uh some characters made it into movies i really this is a little bit of a sidetrack but if you guys remember the sword in the uh sword in the stone at the end um the character madame mim shows up Oh yeah. Um, she's yeah. like a, a witch lady, a fat witch lady, and she can turn into different things. Madam Mim was from the Mickey Mouse comics. She was a Mickey Mouse villain that wow. they just went, oh, let's use her. She kind of fits um, and have her battle Merlin. Um, so these comic books were really, really popular. And, uh, but they were also not done by Disney. Disney licensed stuff to different people and they're like look you have some restrictions there are some rules other than that just do whatever the hell we don't care and so madame mim was a, an instance where they actually went backwards so it's like george lucas taking something out of like a legends book or something and putting like ala sakura the twilight jedi from like clone, attack of the clones like you know the fact that she showed up and was in there was like a big deal because george lucas never did that um but same kind of thing so anyway the duck comics were were all done by this guy uh carl barks and um he like came up with a million characters this guy had donald and like went from there and so these comics, these, this is where you have, like, I believe he came up with Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I might be wrong about that. He definitely invented Uncle Scrooge. He invented whole family trees for all these, these duck families. And, you know, how did the McDucks, you know, relate to the ducks? Like Donald Duck, Duck is his last name. Okay, well, then there's the McDucks. And, and it's like he figured all this genealogy stuff out and they just lived in this world and had adventures and you know a lot of that ended up being adapted for ducktales but ducktales was also very different um and like scrooge was a lot nicer in ducktales than he was in the old comics and uh you know there's lots of like little 
like kidifications that they did. But then DuckTales also invented a bunch of stuff themselves. So it's not a pure like one-to-one at all. It's not like a pure adaptation. It's just like it was looking back to those comics for like the, the feel and like a, some of the characters. And you would sometimes have like one-off characters that were from those comics. Um, another another good example, another from the Mickey Mouse comics, there was one, one villain that was in one episode um, I believe the episode was called Agent Double O Duck, um, but I could be wrong about that. It might be a different one, oh, but duck. the the villain was this guy and he wore like a black like sheet and he just looked like a ghost, but it was all black and his name was the Phantom Blot. And the Phantom Blot always stuck out in my head. Not only was he really funny and he was a great singular villain, he was kind of like a James Bond type villain. Um, and he loved to say his name. He's like, the Phantom Blot! <laughs> and like, he just loved saying his name. He's like, the Phantom Blot! And like, nobody else cared. But so the Phantom Blot I learned later was also from Mickey Mouse comics. Um, oh, wow. He was he was the one crossover from Mickey that made it into DuckTales, but he always stuck out as being very different. Like he was more humanoid. He didn't you couldn't tell what he was underneath the suit, but um, he didn't feel like an animal, really. Uh, so it, it was just a unique thing. Anyway, they came up with Launchpad McQuack. They came up with. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Other like Bubba Duck, uh, Gizmo Duck, like these these were like original characters. But then they looked back for like Gyro Gearloose, the quack quackpot inventor. And um, oh, they came up with uh, Webby. Webby was uh, kind of an amalgamation of there were three uh, girls and it was April, May and June. And they were they were in the comics and um, they just decided to like, all right, well, we don't need six kids. So Huey, Dewey and Louie are more of a known commodity. We get we can't, you know, mess with that. But so they came up with Webby. And uh, and Mrs. Beakley was her was her was her Grammy, and uh, she was the the housekeeper, and I think I think she was an original invention. So anyway, so you have these like two versions of a similar thing with this new show. They really did an amazing job. Just like I said with Legendary Defender, they they looked back to not only the original cartoon but the original Carl Barks stories, and they pulled so much more of the original stories, and while keeping it also very much a reboot of the old cartoon so you would have things that showed up in old cartoons you would have uh sometimes it would be a character sometimes it would be a MacGuffin like item like there was this um there was this jack and the beanstalk episode of the old show and at the top of the beanstalk they went to this like you know giant world or whatever and the deal was they were trying to steal back this golden not the goose that laid the golden eggs, but it was a golden harp that was uh, alive. And it was like a lady duck that was like on, on the harp, kind of like a, you'd have like a figurehead on a ship sort of. And it's on the harp. The harp's like coming, coming out of her back and she would uh, sing. She only sung. She didn't, um, she didn't speak normally. And she would only sing if you told a lie. So whoever had the harp, the harp would like out essentially you, out you. Was and that the would... one that said fibbing, fibbing, yes. fibbing? Yes, exactly. She'd go, okay. oh, 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 you are fibbing, fibbing, fibbing. And that harp is, is in the new show. And they gave, it a, they gave it a proper name. She's like the, it's like the lost harp of Minerva or something. Um, like, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely insane. 
all of the little things. So this was a show that I watched over and over every day after school, I would come home. I saw these episodes 15 to 20 times each at least. So I know I just remember so many episodes so clearly. And there were so many instances watching the new show where I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe they referenced this thing from this old episode. So you have the references are absolutely off the hook. So you have, we have stuff like that where it's like, a little thing from some episode, but they did it differently, but you get it. It's like, okay. Um, then, did they ever get to um, Bubba? They did. Yeah, Bubba is uh, is only like in one episode, but he's he's in it. Uh, Gizmo Duck is in a bunch of episodes. Yes. Uh, they really they really did not skimp on the Gizmo Duck. No. Nope. Um, and 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 lots of lots of characters from the the old show for sure are there. But then the other amazing thing that they did was they brought in characters from other Disney afternoon shows. And this is the sort of thing, like we were saying, like Thundercats could have gone to Tiger Sharks and Star and uh, Silverhawks, and it could have been one thing. This absolutely did that. This, so you have episodes where, um, you know, there's, there's one episode where it's basically what happened to Tailspin way later. Like this is a sequel to tailspin but just in one episode form like condensed oh wow and, did, they, did they have like uh, similar voices to the tailspin guys um well so it's it's just so incredibly different uh it's just so incredibly different there like so kit it kit, kit cloud kicker is like his name is in the title of that episode it's like the lost treasure of kit cloud kicker and i was i saw it on streaming and i'm like i cannot wait to get to that episode but it's like late in the show it's one of the last episodes and uh in that episode they he 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 dropped this cargo when he was younger baloo is not in it but kit is grown up so he's like he looks like baloo but he's kit okay so it's great you get to see what happened later and and he talks about a lot of the stuff and mentions a lot of the characters um and stuff like that but so he had lost this treasure it was the only thing he ever like dropped the only cargo so that the the the, the treasure itself, um, I can't I can't remember what the name of it was, but what it did was it combined two things. So if two things were touching the stone at the same time, they would fuse into one thing, right? So you know what they freaking did? They they found it on an island, and on an island on this island, it was populated by all these combined creatures that were actually two animals. And what they did was they essentially did like I see badass, where this is going. They did badass, super badass, like scary versions of Wuzzles. Friggin' Wuzzles. Yeah, Wuzzles. I'm oh, Rhino <laughs> So they didn't talk, but there was there was a rhino gorilla and he was pink and yellow and he had a oh, horn on oh. his nose. I mean, it was like it was the most badass version of that you could possibly think. And there was Bumble Bear was there and um or uh, uh bumble lion bumble lion so and, and so butter, butter bear, bear butter yep. bear so it was a bumble lion i guess must have been unless it was i don't know th- there was definitely one of those at the end but they didn't do all of them but there's a couple and it's just like are you kidding me with this like who the hell is gonna get this reference like this That's is just so cool so insane that so awesome. the one that they flushed out the best was um was Darkwing Duck. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's absolutely no question. He was in a, you know, they, they built it up really slow and um, they, it it was so different. Like the first, the first sign of Darkwing Duck was the kids were watching it on TV. 
So you're like, yeah. oh, in this world, Darkwing is a TV show. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm totally satisfied by that. Like, no problem. But then it goes on and it evolves from there. And like, eventually Darkwing becomes a character in the real world. And it's so nuts how they do it. And he ends up being in actually a good amount of episodes. And uh, he uh, his villains get to be in one. Ep- There's one episode where they pull in his villains. And it's like from a dimension where they were real. And, did, did they uh, have the liquidator? It, so it was uh it was liquidator quack and it was, bush it um it was definitely liquidator megavolt and megavolt. i think the i think Quackerjack. i i don't remember oh, if it was bush root, that's if it. it was in it uh but the, it was it was it was awesome right so 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 cool and supposedly they're going to spin off and make a proper darkwing duck show next hey, so, I, they have to yeah, that's what they said. So, yeah. so, yeah. so this show, as as it exists, it got sixty nine episodes. It was on for three seasons. I am one hundred percent content with what they gave us. A hundred percent. I love it so much. I I got completely in love with the drawings. I got completely in love with everything. Uh, it's like like we've been saying with other shows. Like uh, it's like legendary defender honestly very funny the the comedy does not fall on its face at all in fact many times i was surprised at how genuinely hilarious something was like it's not just silly funny on it like it's just a kid show it's like no 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 that was fucking hilarious and and they reference like all these other things too like okay the one that there's one reference that had me in tears i i swear to god this show the show made me misty and you know what it did was it brought the fucking song from the Nintendo game that was the theme of the moon level into the show. And they did it um, in such a way that it was, they had been building towards this character, this really important character that we've always sort of like, gee, who's Huey, Dewey and Louie's, who are their parents? Like we know uncle Donald, but like, who are their parents? Right. It's like, what the hell? Um, well, we get to meet their mom and she actually becomes a really big character in the show. And uh, we find out where she has been all this time. And uh, they work in the theme from the moon and she actually turns it into a song and she has lyrics to it. And it's it just it just moved me so much that there was that this existed like for me. Exactly. I just couldn't believe it and i was just so overwhelmed that it literally brought me to tears the freaking the freaking moon theme yeah and when she sings it was just incredible um, i couldn't i couldn't get over it. and then honest to god later on in the show in the last season scrooge starts to do his pogo jump he literally That's nice. does nice. the pogo jump he does That's it awesome. in like three or four episodes he starts to do it in the last season I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? You even look to the Nintendo game. I mean, they just know what they're doing so much. Uh, oh, and, and there are the, the Greek gods are in it. And there is one, just real quick. There's one second. It's like this hilarious joke. It's like really short. And you get to see Hades. And like Zeus just kind of calls Hades on the phone. And Hades is just down in hell. Just like, what? And he's like, clearly Alice Cooper. I mean, he is uh. he is 100% Alice Cooper. He's not voiced by him. I did I did check. I'm like, oh my god, was it? And it wasn't. But he's got the makeup. He's got the hair. He's like 100%. It's like essentially the devil is as close as we get to a <laughs> devil. And it's Alice Cooper. I'm like this show. It, it referenced. It, there was there was an episode that referenced 
uh, like Evil Dead 2. There, there's there's an, literally a scene with they're fighting zombies. Donald has a chainsaw and freaking Huey reads from the book, the, the, the Woodchuck guidebook. And he, and he says, like, quack to Barada Nikto. It's like, nice. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? How the hell does this exist? And it just the, the references to other Disney Channel stuff. It's just endless. Gummy bears, quack pack, gargoyles. Like, I mean, just there are so Oh, that's many right. Yeah, with the Keith David in. one. They, they, there's so many things that they work in. I mean, it's just absolutely. So this show, I was nervous going into it. And I just I just really wanted to do an episode where I get to talk about it. And uh, now I've done that. So I'll shut up. But um, you didn't mention the cast, though, where, where you've got uh, Ben Schwartz, who's doing the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, is doing Dewey. You've got Danny right. Putty from Community, who is doing Huey and Bobby yeah. Moynihan doing Louie, which I, this is a whole different Louie. So if you watch the original, mm-hmm. like these yeah. guys all have they're all personality. Unique. They're all yeah. completely yep, they are, different they from great. each other. And David friggin' Tennant doing David Scrooge. You know, and yep. his his Scrooge really took me a little bit to warm up to because it's like, wow, he is more like in the comics. He's much less warm. Uh, he's he's way more self-centered, way more concerned about his money. Because um, in the old show, it was kind of like, well, yeah, he was like that. But then he he's warmed up like from episode one. You know, you get maybe basically one episode where he's kind of like not quite warmed up to the nephews, but then he's just all in. It's like family is the important thing. Um, this show takes yeah. him a while to get there. But yeah, great cast. Great cast. Beck Bennett from uh, SNL is Launchpad. It's just one of my favorite voices on the show. <laughs> yeah, he does um, a good job, man. Beck Bennett's pretty talented. Yeah, I mean, really, really great cast. Uh, but I don't know. I could I could go on forever. I will not. Um, does anybody want to add? Uh, I know Tim, you've you've at least seen the show, some of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered everything. I I think that the show is really uh, an amazing like love letter in a way that not enough shows are. Like it, you know, a hundred percent attracts new viewers, and you don't have to have any you know appreciation for the old stuff. But it is just packed to the gills uh, with packed to the bills. I will say because of mm-hmm. ducks uh, with. <laughs> With references and cool shit. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great show. Want a new duck? <laughs> Want a one try to bite? Yeah, so anyway, DuckTales, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's worthwhile. It's on Disney Plus, all three seasons. Amazing show. I love all of our picks so far so much. I love yeah. all four of these shows so much. I just, I just this, this is great. Hope you guys are all having a fun time listening. Uh, let's uh, let's go into our uh, section where we're going to break and we're going to, I'm going to ask you the octoponder this question of the week, which uh, we posed to our group last Thursday. And uh, I will repeat it for you right now. We asked everybody to choose a cartoon or TV show. If you'd rather do TV show that you feel could benefit from a second shot. So this will be a show that did not ever get a reboot, but you think should get a reboot. And uh, maybe reboot is your answer, although it wasn't any of the uh, the retroid answers. But maybe it'll be yours. Who knows? I have no idea. So why don't you guys uh, ponder that for a little bit, and we're going to take a quick break. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, 
The new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the audio files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the f last 20 minutes of the movie. That That's what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a fuck fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Patsy, the angry nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the hosts, hosts of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and we will, will see, see you next, next Thursday. Attention, this is the lost skeleton of Cadavra. And you are listening to Rancho Notorious. No, wait. No, that's Retro Redoctopus. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Okay, everybody. Welcome back aboard. Before we took a break, we asked you this week's octo-ponder this question, which was to choose, if you had to choose a cartoon or TV show that you feel could benefit from a second shot, what would it be? So I'm going to screw around with the order, and this time uh, I think Nintendo can go first. Hey, Nintendo. Oh, hey, how you doing? How you doing? What, what you got, man? Uh, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, we actually talked about this earlier, uh, Tiger Sharks. Yeah. And, nice. Uh, yeah, I felt like that show had no love. And uh, if they gave it the Thundercats uh, touch, I mean, why the hell not? Mm-hmm. They should bring they should bring back Thundercats, finish their fucking story, do uh, uh, Tiger Sharks mm -hmm. and and uh, uh, Silverhawks. Silver, it, yeah, it, that, oh, I was would be curious so why you didn't say Silverhawks. But um, yeah, I mean, Tiger Sharks definitely had some fins to it. You know, it's <laughs> like like you, you could see it's like, all right, you could go this way. And there's like an infinite amount of uh, underwater creatures you could do. It's like, all right, today we've got this guy who's a woebegone shark. It's like, oh, OK, <laughs> like we can see some weird shit. 
you know? Yeah, I right. loved. I li- I preferred Tiger Sharks to Silverhawks a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I really I liked. Did, I didn't. I, I was the best I of the liked... Sunday cartoons. I that remember, was a, the I comic remember strip. as a kid. I remember yep. as a kid, I, I liked Silverhawks until uh, I think uh, Tim bought Steve the the DVD set for uh, Silverhawks, and we tried watching it, and I'm just like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Thundercats is like that too. It's it's tough to go back to. I still like. Yeah, it's them, super formulaic. Like, yeah. You yeah, know, I, 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 I can't watch as is Voltron. Thundercats. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like the, the re- you can watch the first season and then skip around and you'll be fine. But it's you like. You can watch the intro and be good. The intro that's, is yeah, the best the part. The intro is amazing. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I, I mean, that's that's incredibly valid. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no. Good one. Good one. Uh, Tiger Sharks would be awesome. And if we had a shared world with the three, that would be even better. I would love yeah. that. Uh, very cool. All right. Uh, 8-Bit. What's your pick? Um, so, so I mean, I had my thoughts on Tiger Sharks. I actually was also just like thinking about the Thundercats reboot needs another season. Like, if my if you want my realist answer, it's that I want reboot Thundercats season two. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, for choosing a show that never got a reboot, yeah. um, I would say uh, I, I have a toss up here. One is uh, the real Ghostbusters, but with Ooh. the cast of the Ghostbusters Afterlife, like. Mm-hmm. Do okay. it. Just you know, wow. let, like let's do that again because I think the real Ghostbusters is an awesome, you know, awesome show, and that property I think kind of like it. It is almost gonna gain momentum. Like Ghostbusters Afterlife had so m- many fans, and and for good reason. It was a fucking awesome movie, and I would like to see that that kind of momentum continue and not let it just die on the vine or wait for the next movie if they did uh, a real ghostbusters uh the new real ghostbusters or you know <laughs> the realist ghostbusters <laughs> the, realist. the brand the new ghostbusters. the brand new the new super mario bros <laughs> of ghostbusters the grand um, opening of the ghostbusters <laughs> the grand reopening be, it would be it <laughs> it's would like be bob's burgers <laughs> right yeah that's right um i think there's a lot of potential for that i don't know if it would be hulu i don't know who would do it uh plays the monkey oh oh sorry wrong one wrong one (laughs) but ghostbusters is a property that has so much potential for just fun cool episodes you know i mean there's so little that gets covered in the mythos in the movies that the show just like so many other properties you know uh the shows really go above and beyond and they approach comic book level of world building and uh, i think that would be a lot of fun uh the other one that i thought of that i think would actually be like just appropriate enough now is mighty max absolutely uh, that's because, a great because, one. because yes. the 90s is yes. is vogue now right yeah. like the 90s is hitting it's like retro nostalgic peak at this point and mm-hmm. like people are remembering the 90s and shit like i, I mean uh i i think of um I just watched Turning Red last night and that movie takes place mm-hmm. in the very early 2000s and like that was even to me feeling feeling like 90s to me because I'm like I don't know the early 2000s is basically the 90s um that's fair like all decades but uh yeah I think Mighty Max would would absolutely kick ass you know if they yeah. kind of like brought that back and kept it as 90s as it was um and kept it you know in that vein updated the art style you'd kind of need the same voice actors really uh because th- that was so <laughs> i mean rob paulson is still one of the hardest working yeah. men voices so. clancy really brown yeah, also really in is. most of these that we've discussed so yep, yep. yep. um so, i eat clancy I, browns for breakfast <laughs> crispy crown 
Clancy Browns. Uh, yeah, uh, th- those are the two that kind of came to mind that I would nice. love to see. Did you ever get into Extreme Ghostbusters? Because that's that was the first reboot that they did of, of the real Ghostbusters. Pretty watchable. Um, I gotta say, my uh, kids geez. really like it. Uh, I, I would highly not. recommend it. Okay. okay. Egon you know is what? the mainstay. I- I forget that show exists. Yeah. Uh, was that on the same time as like Men in Black? and? Yeah, Godzilla it was. Well, it was stuff? a little bit Absolutely. before because it's the same team. Okay. Yeah. It the lo- same it team looks- did Men in Black and then they did the Godzilla show. But they okay. I think they started on uh, Extreme Ghostbusters. I, I, I think I would love that, honestly. Um, thank you for reminding me of that show. Actually. You know what Kevin Smith says? Uh, reboots are when you remake something with youth and diversity. That's literally what Extreme Ghostbuster was. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly what it was. Right. And they, like did, they did it well, X-Men, though. I'll uh, say that. Yeah, right. X-Men Evolution. Like <laughs> youth and diversity. Yeah, that's that's that is very true. But yeah. very true. I, I don't know how much actually... diversity on that one. It's like like white, 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 blue, but still white. <laughs> no, actually, no. There was there was a decent amount of diversity in uh in X Men Evolution. I th- I feel like they they amped up some some of that. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I've. I mean, I remember Sunspot. I remember Magma. Um, yeah, and that's where X twenty three came from. People, and, yeah, <laughs> it's. Yeah. And Forge Forge uh was was in a couple episodes and um Spike. I think was, I think you know honest yeah Spike I think honestly X-Men Evolution X-Men overall is the most diverse from the beginning like not the beginning but from 75 when they introduced like mm. a team of like a German a Russian an African a Japanese guy a Native American like these are it's like they were I think the first property to ever really do that um oh, i absolutely agree with that an irish guy <laughs> yeah with butt teeth banshee. <laughs> banshee uh but anyway good that, pick, that team good is pick. also on my wall so <laughs> nice awesome love love 70s x-men uh yeah coop what do you got man uh well i love ghostbusters i think it's a great idea <laughs> What's your um, pick? <laughs> oh well, I, I mean, come on. Anyone who's listened to season seasons uh, was it two will know that my answer is going to be uh, Exo Squad. Absolutely, um, yeah. Exo Squad or Pirates of Dark Water. I yes. think that if you're going to reboot something and do that whole world building thing like that, you know, Pirates of Dark Dark Water is like a great way that you can go with this. You can get George Newbern, who did the voice of uh, of uh, Ren. He did the, also the voice of Superman from the the Justice League International and the Justice League cartoons. Yes, you know, yep. maybe get um, you know Julie Benson, who did the voice of of Tula. She was also the voice of Little Mermaid. Get them back. They're not doing much. They're on the current the con circuit right now. You know, yeah, right. Frank Welker doing the voice of Nidler. You know that that would be fantastic. And why not take something like that and then just you know expand on it and make it like this huge franchise? See what yeah. see what you can do with it. Take it I and would, put it on something like Netflix. And I would watch right. the ever living shit out of that. Those are both shows that uh, I know you talk about them all the time. I never saw. I don't think I saw one single episode of Pirates of Dark Water. Um, and it is truly like something that I should love. On paper, it is like so me. Um, I should love the ever living shit it's out of that, so and I just odd. don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. Um, I knew it was on. I knew I was aware of it. I but... used to confuse it years ago with Peter Pan and the Pirates, which was oh, cool yeah. unto itself. Like it was a really cool thing, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, this is so different. Hmm. And and I remember like 
it was on at like 4 a.m. or something on Cartoon Network when they had it on. And it's just like, this just so appeals to me in the same way that like the Dark Crystal appeals to me. It's right. it's weird. And there's like these odd sort of curved shapes and like all these blades look really dangerous. I'm like, I just really like that. And yeah, they, I, they come, they combine two different things that aren't always together. It's, it's very much a, a dark fantasy and it's, it's pirates. So, and the pirates are not the bad guys. They're, they're the heroes. So it's, it really is very unique. Yeah. I got to yeah. watch that show too. There's, I, there's stakes in it too, you know, like, yeah, like people die and get tortured and there's, there's like trying to save the monkey birds from slavery. It's like, this is some heavy, heavy stuff here. Well, you know, you and stakes, they, I, they, I started to get hungry. I was like, Oh, like, <laughs> like well, there is. <laughs> and there's minga melons and <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. So yeah, that, awesome. I I would I would say that one if they could do it right. And the way I would pick to do it is, it, have you guys watched on Netflix? They have a series called The Dragon Prince. I've uh, seen. I, I'm aware uh, of it. it exists. I'm a, yeah, I know it exists. Yeah. I would say that's the animation style to do it in. Do it all up 3D animation like that. It's it's kind of cell shaded, but not really. But mm-hmm. you can really do some epic things like how they have the uh, the dragons that show up for that, and that would just be so cool. Nice. I'd, I'd say Very that cool. one. And of course, Exo Squad. I, I love Exo Squad. I, I think it's great. It may be past its time at this point because there's other things that have come around. Like, mm-hmm. like um, Exo, Shad, Exo Squad was out and it was like really popular before Ghost in the Shell came out. And then Ghost in the Shell kind of did it in such an adult way that it's like, it's really hard to go back to this stuff. It's like, it's okay, what's going on? Who's the person? Who's the machine? And, you know, you got the jacks directly into the back of your brain. So, you know, and you're you're fighting like an alien race that was created for labor that revolted and then ended up taking over the galaxy. I, I'd love to see something like that, but maybe maybe um, maybe a little bit more Pirates of Dark Water. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think that they, I would I would watch the shit out of both if they did a, a a really like a serious reboot where they they took the material seriously and they're like, okay, we're gonna keep it heavy, um, and uh, tell this long form story like like Legendary Defender did. Um, and even then, Legendary Defender is funnier than I would want either of those shows to be. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's it's got the the talent for it, too. Yeah, for sure. No, awesome. Awesome picks, man. And you're right. You know, I, I knew you were going to pick those, but maybe the listening audience didn't. So, you know, worthwhile. worthwhile. <laughs> I was going to say Gravity Falls, but I think that with everything, it's kind of like, like you were saying with DuckTales. It makes sense to just leave it as it is and just mm-hmm. don't touch it. Yeah. And, and I think that's just... In, in Gravity Falls, it's like like if my kids say that I have one thing that I say all the time, it's that Gravity Falls has the best animation I've ever seen. Oh, well, there you go. That'll so, be my yeah, epitaph. Some <laughs> things are just literally perfect, and that's why not one single person said Gargoyles, not one single person in the group. Uh, I don't think anybody wants a reboot of Gargoyles. Uh, nope. You could do a sequel, but um, right. definitely not a reboot. No way. I don't even want to watch um, the last season. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, with the quarrymen, <laughs> right? But, the singing uh, group. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So there are certain things that just need to be left alone. But um, anyway, so awesome picks. So mine is I actually am picking a show that I do not love, but I love the idea of, and I really think that it needs a reboot. Um, and that is a show called Brave Star. Oh, uh, oh yeah, wow! Yeah, yeah. So this this on paper should be my favorite show ever 
Um, I love Westerns. I, uh, I love diverse casting. I love sci-fi Westerns. I love anytime you mix a Western with anything, if it's, if it's a weird Western, that's horror or sci-fi or anything you want, uh, just anything weird. I just adore it. Uh, this freaking show, I mean, you know, so much earlier than Firefly, you know, doing Westerns in space and yeah. like, it just is unlike every other show period it's so unique the main character hero is native american his sidekick which is typically the like the tonto of the show instead of being native american like the hero's native american and the sidekick is a cyborg horse that can transform into a cyborg horseman yep. <laughs> with a shotgun 30 30 <laughs> And uh, he is awesome. Brave Star is awesome. Brave Star can, uh, he has Native American esque powers where he can call upon like the strength of a bear and the sight of an eagle and the speed of a puma. And that's pretty, I, I don't know. I think he had those three at least. I don't know if there's a swimming one or something. Might, uh, <laughs> the speed of a trout. Uh, <laughs> Steelhead uh, trout. Or maybe maybe you can turn into a salmon and just spawn. I don't know. So where where were you then on shows like Cowboys of Mumesa? Like, yeah, well, did that have appeal for you as well? Not not so much. I mean, like it was it that was so that was a little too silly for me. Like I, I wasn't into the I wasn't into too many of the wannabe Ninja Turtle properties that were like, oh, let's just do Biker animals. Mice from Mars. And, yeah, so yeah, I liked Biker right. Mice and I liked SWAT Cats. There were some. Oh, Swat Cats is its own thing. That's yeah, that's just yeah. like I'm surprised that didn't come up. <laughs> yeah, well, we've talked about Swat Cats a lot on the show for and, sure. And but it is getting a, a reboot. Yeah, it's supposedly happening finally after like eight years after the fucking Kickstarter happened. I don't know, but we'll see. Hopefully, it does. Right. But uh, but I think Brave, Brave Star cool, really man. deserves its own uh, reboot and deserves to be taken seriously because right. it's really hard to go back to it. You know, that, that was yeah. Funimation. So it's the same company that did He-Man and She-Ra. And it's the same sort of things with those shows, too. They're, they're just very difficult to go back and watch. Yeah. Um, and they rotoscope, do you know? Uh, well, they definitely seem like some shots were. It looks like it is like when you see He-Man running and stuff like that in the beginning and right. then he like punches the screen. I'm whenever like, this it's has a, to be. It's like whenever it's a non simple animation, like so much of the shows are just from like bust shots of people talking so much Funimation is that. And then when they actually needed to animate them doing something, it, it did look rotoscoped and uh, it also would be seen again like you know that oh they're, yeah <laughs> they're so budget focused that you're, they're not going to waste anything so if they if, god damn it if, if we need to have brave star swing on a rope in this one episode we're going to have like at least three more episodes where he swings on a rope the, the big thing that <laughs> sticks out for me about like the funimation and specifically brave star is the uh, copious amounts of mustaches and the different ways that they would portray <laughs> mustaches on the screen and and that was just like it's like oh okay look they got this one they got that one it's like oh he's the bad guy because he's got the best mustache it's like the best mustaches it's also kind of like a very western trope too where it's like you would see someone in the black hat you'd be the bad guy it's like yep mustache this guy is like an arachnid or something like that and he's uh kind of a thing yeah and then you had uh then you had bo from uh she-ra and he had this weird mustache and he just was creepy always he's like your errol flynn guy and you're like why is he creepy oh it's the mustache every time he's creepy 
you know, all like maybe he his figure have didn't have a mustache, and I was so despondent. I guess there's also the fact that like I can see his abs. Like, why do you have a cutout where your abs <laughs> should be? Like, but there's it's mostly his hearts on the outside of his body or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. He has. He was a. Uh, he was uh, a curse bit, you for making me think about Bo from Shira. <laughs> he was a bit fabulous, uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, so what we have here, uh, we have some answers from our Retroid group. So you can answer like this, like just like this. We'll read it just like Do this. This we'll read it on the show, and then you can be like, "Hey, I wrote that," and then they read it. It's like super, not a big deal, but who cares? Like, what else do you got to do? I mean, what are you? What are you doing tonight? What are you doing right now? <laughs> Thinking right about Brave Star. Think of a brave Thinking about awesome Bo from Shira's mother. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Think of sexy yeah. thoughts. Think of sexy thoughts. All right, so uh, we have standards. we have a bunch of people who chose one. There was a, there was definitely a popular answer, and that was Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, wonderful choice. This yes. was chosen yes. by Joshua A. Nabel, Danny Drury, and also Josh Neelis. Josh uh, also. Josh said that. Josh said Dungeons and Dragons because it still needs an ending. He nice. also said uh, Galtar. And Teddy Rose. in the golden last. Yeah. Golden yeah. So yeah. I, I had Josh on my show last week. Right. So uh, he showed me he's got the entire play mat for Teddy Ruxpin land, like the 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 huge map that has all of their worlds on it. So I, I'm like inclined Coop. to agree with his answer there. Coop. You, you know Coop. how he has that? No, he bought it from me. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. That's awesome. Facts. Yeah. Uh, it's true, true facts. So, uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, absolutely awesome show. I that is a show that does hold up. I can watch that from start to finish today uh, and be happy. It's an awesome, amazing show. I agree. It is one of the best '80s shows ever, and it also has my number one favorite '80s cartoon villain, which is Venger, oh, as yeah. voiced by uh, Peter Cullen. Cullen, name ran out of my brain. Um, amazing, amazing show. Love that show, and Optimus it doesn't Prime have an himself. ending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Eeyore himself, Eeyore his own self. Um, okay, so Frank Ramirez says, "Which deserves another chance?" Cool. I, I've never seen that show. Wh- which one? It's called it's Witch. Just, it's called Witch. Yeah, it's okay. like a it's like a pseudo anime. It looks it looks Italian to me. I'm not positive. Huh. That's cool. Um, Tim Baird says, "David the Gnome." I love that show. Oh, Schnitz fights. <laughs> yeah. What? What a random answer. I did watch yeah, the hell out that of that show Dinner. ended on such a sad note. Did it? I don't oh, remember. Yeah. They all turned oh. to stone or something. No, they all turned to, to trees. They all died. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. God. Like Swift Swift got his uh, feet cut off in a bear trap or something weird. What the hell? Why did they all die? I, I don't know. It's like German, you know, like stuff like that. It's, you know, <laughs> German they, things. They, 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 all, they, they all live uh, a certain uh, lifespan and it's like they, they know they're going to die. So they go to this, this place and like, okay, I'm going to die here. Their wow. trolls are great I'm though. Dead. Like as, as like buffoonish as they were, they had like this frightening element to them is because they had no pupils in their eyes. And, and it's like, I really thought that they were going to eat a gnome. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember the trolls. Got specifically. That crazy look in his eye. But that was it. That was a show. It was always on. I feel it was. Was Nick, it on like Nick US? Jr., it, was, it was on. I think it was on Nickelodeon. Nick, yeah. Oh, see, I felt like it was on US. It was like midday, something. like after yeah. Maya the Bee. Maya the Maya Bee. the Bee. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> like Holy after shit. after uh, Eureka's or before Eureka's Castle. Eureka's castle. Oh but my after god. Pinwheel. <laughs> yeah. 
way oh after Finley. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> no kidding. Special. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, today's oh special. God. Jesus Christ! We didn't. We not, did an episode like way back in season one or two where we did classic Nickelodeon. We talked about some of those shows. Yeah. I actually watched two episodes of today's special for for that episode, and it was. Uh, I'm and still. They, I've. I've not. They recovered. were the same. <laughs> I have not recovered. Let's see, um, Mouse. <laughs> old man Wade show says Pirates of Darkwater. He wants something grittier. He says nice. 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 That's why uh, we friends. Reagan, yeah. Reagan McKenzie Riggles says symbiotic Titan. This was more of a oh. recent show. I, uh, I hadn't heard of this, but I looked it up. It looks pretty cool. So yeah, animation nice. style is great on that. It's kind of yeah, like that's... the big O. Yes. That's okay, actually what cool. it reminded me of. Yeah, totally. So thanks for that, Reagan. Nice, nice pick. Chris Philbrook says mask brave star and dino riders primarily. So I can get new toys based on these franchises. Uh, I think those are all fantastic answers. I love the Dino Rider toys so much. Yeah. It had a very short-lived, I don't even think it was a show. I think it just was a like a pilot or something. It really just didn't really have a show, I don't think. It came out with new a... Dino Riders toys last year. They're they're they look like um guts. You remember the guts? Oh, they were like all crazy. monochromatic and things no. like that. But they, they came out with those. Um I know they were they were selling them, and you can get like a little army building thing of Dino Riders. Oh wow! Huh. Was it the brain box? Is that what they called it? Where you, you yes. put it on? Yeah, yes. you sent me one of those comics, actually, uh, Dino Rider. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's right. That was uh, that was one of the bonus ones. You just <laughs> it was mostly turtle stuff. Yeah, but you but, you uh, did send me a Ducula, which I loved. Nice. There you go. And I think there there might have been some Slimer comics. Were there Slimer comics in that? De- there no? were definitely Slimer comics. Yes. Nice. There you go. Uh, Phil Conti says mask and Bionic Six. Because both could use a reboot with new technology and seem cheesy on rewatches. He also says Herculoids, Space Ghost, and Birdman from Hanna-Barbera, World of Super Adventure, and Thunder the Barbarian. Thunder, yeah. True updates yeah. would be awesome. So, Thunder holds uh, up still, by the way. Like, like I've been me. meaning to buy so Thunder good. and to rewatch it. I, I would love to. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah. I, I started watching it, and the one that I watched had the voice of Fred Flintstone playing the bad guy. And yeah. his thing is, like, if you ever see the entry where you talk about sorcery oh, his, and his, super his face, science, it flips spins. over. Yeah. yeah, he shoots out yeah. dark side like Omega Beans. Yeah, he just looks like dark side. Yeah, and it, I'm just waiting for him to go, Yabba Dabba Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh that was it good. totally holds up. And it's like, you're oh, like, Stacy Keach is in this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really nice. great. You know, the, the, the bad guy in Galtar and the Golden Lance was Brock Peters. Really? It's freaking amazing. Yeah. Galtar is underrated because Galtar is a, totally underrated. That's he had amazing. A really I love that cool show. like cast of characters. And I always remember that kid that had that like uh, the tri boomerang thing. Yep. I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he also has like one of my favorite, like um, I love, I love like alien horses or alien mounts yes and he has like this big teal alien horse named falk it's freaking amazing my my other favorite was in thundar uh ukla Ukla had a i don't know if it had a name or not but he had a really super cool big alien horse kind of had like a lizard tail very very cool anyway our last retroid answer comes from mr harry carvalho a frequent answer of our octoponder this so thanks harry for always being awesome phil as well they're always here uh harry said conan i presume he means conan the adventurer, uh, the adventurer right i yes. wanted dark and gritty and probably not for kids he also says skeleton warriors 
Another good he choice. Says, Why? Yep. Because that show was just too good for one season. And he says, and I can't believe no one has said this already. Exo Squad. That show had it all. Politics, war of war, overlapping storylines, mech battles. It showed hardship and struggling. And it shows that all stories have multiple sides. Nice. So that's a good another, answer. Another another great answer from Harry. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks a lot to everybody for answering. And uh, and yeah, I already said uh, the other stuff I was supposed to say after this. So yeah, if if you like if you like what we do and stuff, you know, just t- check us out. Check us out places. Just whatever or don't. It it doesn't matter. It's fine. Let's get to the second half of our uh, meat and potatoes of the episode. What do you guys say? You guys hungry for some meat and potatoes? I don't know. I'm kind of full, but okay. Well, all right. I is that today's special? Today's special <laughs> is jumping. Mystery meat and potatoes. <laughs> today's special triangles. Oh my god, they're gonna do a whole friggin' episode on friggin' triangles. Holy shit. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> triangles at, retro, right? Ascots. Today's special. Oh no, they did not do an ascot. Probably not. Did they? Okay. Uh, so, all right, let's uh, let's get going. Eight uh, bit. What do you got for your second and final pick? Uh, so, my second and final pick is in, is a show that we've kind of danced around here and there. Uh, I, I am talking about the reboots, uh, if you want to call it that, of uh, of He Man. Uh, that's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah, so uh, good, so totally. good. Which, oh my god, uh, I just friggin' love. Um, yeah, again, I never gave a shit about He Man. Haters gonna hate this, too. I never had <laughs> yeah. the show yep. uh, accessible. I never had access to watching He Man. I didn't care to watch it. It didn't really interest me. You know, like the era of big hunky barbarian guy shows was not a thing I grew up with and was not a thing that was really televised like throughout the nineties or two thousands. Unless it's, you had like it's, boomerang is just, just Conan the adventurer, but all that other stuff that, that was a craze, but it was in the eighties. Totally. Yep. And they just, Dude, I, re- I watched the like, original He-Man the morning of hurricane Gloria in 1985 while trees it. were falling down next to the house. So nice. I, I'm just saying it's like that was an institution in the yeah. US. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Boy, do I remember 100%. that hurricane. But my point is, yeah. is that it was just not a thing when I was growing up. So totally. I never totally. watched it, yeah. never cared to. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the Masters of the Universe Revelation was coming out. And I said, OK, you know, I'll give this a shot. Obviously, there was plenty of people on the Internet, you know, bitching about it and, and saying this, that and the other thing. And I'm like, OK, well. Whatever their problem is with it, I'm sure I'm not going to have because I have no preconceived notion. I don't I don't there's nothing for this to live up to for me. I'm just going to go in blind and, and enjoy it for what it is. So I you know, figured I'd at least check it out and ended up really loving it um, and thinking that, you know, the thing that I think a lot of people hated is one of the things I think is so exceptionally cool about the show is that it does not call itself he-man masters of the universe revelation because he-man is not the main character he-man is you know dealt with in the first episode and is, is a concept that you know we're all aware of and we see through flashbacks and different things but the show is all about the other characters the supporting cast and like their adventure to save eternia and to bring magic back and like it it starts with something that i feel like happens way too little in shows which is a like fairly successful effort by a supervillain like supervillains are always just kind of a joke 
yeah. so often in these shows, they just are constantly introduced to be a foil and then they don't actually do anything bad like they try to but they just get their ass beat and then see you later we'll we'll see you in a few episodes this one it's like okay skeletor had this plan he finally you know fucking figured out something that would be actually a threat actually a good plan and uh and and pulled it off and you know it's like the 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 reveal of, of of castle grayskull and what you learn about it and all that stuff it's awesome it really just takes this world that i you know just like voltron had no love for and turned it into something i immediately cared about because of how good the show was how great the animation is how great the voice acting is like the cast is just fucking banger it's just top to bottom everybody in this show is awesome um and you know like uh, Lena Headey as Evil Lynn is one of the one of the big standouts. You have Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila as well, which yeah, is nice. Yeah. Nice that SMG yep. is like you know around and doing stuff. Yep. And Mark Hamill as Skeletor, which is always fun to see Mark Hamill being an evil bad guy that is Joker adjacent in in parts uh, right, as far right. as as far as the impression goes. But uh, yeah, I think Kevin Smith with his you know his vision here, I think he really fucking nailed it uh, because you know if this show featured he-man predominantly and that was he was the main character and it was his adventures it would have been great it would have been successful people would have loved it and i'm sure i would have watched it and still thought it was cool but the fact that they did what it did and it subverted expectations and gave you this really great story really good writing really good drama like a lot of things happen to characters in this short show that you're just like oh damn you know like they really made a lot of impact with the 10 episodes that it has i mean i've only i haven't gotten to see part two but um part one i watched when it had first come out and i've been re-watching and i think this show is awesome i think that nice. it is such a great strong <laughs> show that is filled with like awesome strong female characters as well um, yeah. which is such a bold decision because you like he-man is the most fucking like emasculinated like thing ever like that gets referenced it it's like okay what's like the most you know uh testosterone packed cartoon you could think of it's like who's not gonna say he-man for the most part and they're like yeah so with this reboot we're making the main cast of like five characters three of them are these like strong kick-ass female characters with tila evelyn and uh the other girl there i forget her name andra um, yes so that's bold like i yeah. mean that is really fucking ballsy to do and i think it pays off big time and you still get some cool scenes with he-man in flashbacks and things you get to see these different adventures i like that when tila and andra are going through these different places you're getting little flashbacks of like tila and and he-man on an adventure from you know the ages past and then it flashes to like modern modern time and what she's actually seeing so you get some of that flavor in there but they're not making him the main character and uh yeah i think it i think it's fantastic i really really like it and can't can't recommend it enough i mean i guess enough people out there who are fans of he-man hated this which is like you know okay uh i guess if i was looking for a show that only featured he-man then i would probably be disappointed but you know for for what we said about so many of these shows of 
world building and fleshing out characters that maybe weren't that yeah. developed or didn't have that much to really talk about. Now these characters, they, they have emotions, they have conversations. And one of the things I think is so great is looking at He-Man through a lens of not having nostalgia for it. It's really hard to overlook some of the really dumb shit that's in this show. Like He-Man has so many stupid character names, so many dumb designs. Just there's so much yeah, about it that's totally very silly, and, and, very, and very silly. silly. And it, it's yeah. how I describe when people look at like a character like Mega Man. It's like, yeah, Mega Man's timeless for me. If somebody today were to look at Mega Man, they'd be like, this character is fucking stupid. He's just this <laughs> boy right. in a blue. What are those like, scissors? Fucking, <laughs> he's just got like this these tights and like gun arms, and it's like. He's so dumb, but you have the love for him. So Revelation takes the Masters of the Universe characters and it fully acknowledges some of the dumb shit. It's like, yo, why is your name Evil Lynn? Were you always Evil Lynn? You know, it's like, oh, no, I, I added that later. You know, it's like they, they make enough off comments and funny kind of, you know, throwaway lines to acknowledge some of the dumb things. And like, you know, Castle Grayskull. Why the fuck is Castle Grayskull the good guy castle? It looks evil as shit. Like, because it's a fucking disguise. And like that is such a great thing that they address. And uh and, and I mean it's not even like they necessarily everything has like an explanation, but they at least acknowledge that stuff. Which I think to take this world seriously, the show kind of needs to do. You can't you can't be so purely serious and have a character named Triclops. Right. And like, you know, like these things are just dumb. Fisto. On Fisto. Well, they, make, they make short work of him. So, they do. You know. Right. And buzz uh, off. I love buzz off. Well, you know, um, you can go back and watch the other version of the show if you want. You know, from the early 2000s, 2002, they had the Cartoon Network Masters of the Universe. And right. it's it's fun. It's a fun show, but it's exactly what you're describing. And if Kevin Smith had done that and recreated this show, it would not be successful because it's yeah. the exact same thing with updated animation and it'd be the exact same stories and it'd be the exact same tongue in cheek jokes about Ram Man and stuff. And y you can also look at there's another version that came out of this property, which is uh, the He-Man Masters of the Universe, the kids version. Have yeah. any of you guys seen that? perfect example not. of just what not to do and they they did everything up they made this so they could sell toys which was the original point of he-man and the master of the universe Correct. they wanted yep. to sell toys to a new generation of people it's all about tila but tila is completely different and then it's like okay ram man but it's really a girl who has a ram man helmet like uh, okay um and you've got cringer over here but but cringer's nephew is the one that's going to be in it and he's got laser claws what it's like oh yeah we can put this little snap-on accessory on the and you look at, at he-man he looks like like um geez the dog from tiny toons the one that the, the big white one with like all the abs Ralph. and stuff oh, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's what he looks arnold yeah arnold. yeah with with like arnold, the triangular yeah. body with huge arms and stuff and you're like this is insane and like it's, it's so like the concept is so wacky. And even mm -hmm. if they had good stories, I'm not interested because the concept is just so whack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but it, it's it, so different. Right. <laughs> it's so different. And it really like, that's, that's the thing here is we're not looking for you to just, you know, retread the same ground or at least, you know, I guess, I don't know if I was a fan, that's not what I would be looking for. I would like, you know, a furthering or a maturing of the property. And, you know, from my perspective, this seems like, 
revolution did that big time and uh and you know i i love like what they even did to explain orko's name like yeah, yeah. that was yep. so smart and like really really cool that they're like oh it's like he was meant to be an oracle and as a kid he couldn't say it quite right and so orko was what he said and it just stuck and it's like just little little world building elements like that go such a long way yeah. that you know to my knowledge weren't weren't canon you know weren't something that was originally planned um but were really smartly kind of adapted and addressed uh so yeah i i think it 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 is a very great show from the writing perspective the acting is great and visually it's spot on i think it's a really great looking show um the i i i don't know again i haven't seen part two i don't know if it's finite and that's it and it's done it probably is uh but i also appreciate that aspect of it too because not everything has to be a show that goes on for three four five seasons I really appreciate effective storytelling that gets in and gets out and leaves you wanting more, but it did such a good job. You just appreciate the hell out of it. And I think that there aren't a ton of shows like that anymore. Uh, so yeah, th- th- this one really is a plus for me. Yes. I'm glad you liked it so much. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we all were kind of fans of it, which is just yeah. so cool. Cause not everybody has to be a negative Nelly. I mean, come on guys. Right my god oh no oh no the main character is a masculine lady oh geez oh, if you want to hate on something hate on oh, the original boy. atari game you know <laughs> where's my half naked man oh boy but uh <laughs> hey you know uh i i enjoyed it as well i enjoyed part two i really enjoyed the toy love that this show got like there's oh my god. so <laughs> many instances where they're like just real quick, that initial shot of the like the opening scene of the first episode has a ton of toys that people are just riding various like right you know just vehicles that you could buy back in the day. Really Ram cool. sleds, the shark, right? The land shark yep. and like the yeah. battle van, like all so oh, yeah. many neat things. The boulder, right on the and you're like, when is someone going to use this thing? Oh, they used it. Yeah. <laughs> very cool um all right so let's move on we're we're getting kind of long in the tooth here so justin cooper what is your second pick sir should, should i go with mine if, if joe hasn't done his Do well it. the original order was uh was tim then you then joe then me oh gotcha 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 yeah uh okay so um I was gonna kind of mix things up, and you know, you know, I'm the big Turtles fan, so I, I yes. was gonna say the uh, the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series from yes. Nickelodeon is uh, my answer. Nice. Five five seasons, 124 episodes. Cast includes uh, Rob Paulson, who we talked about before. Uh, he was great in um, Warlock. Uh, Greg Sips, Sean Astin, you know from Goonies. He was <laughs> Rob Paulson. Was, was in one scene of Warlock. <laughs> he was the gas station. He was the attendant. gas station attendant. <laughs> hey man, Julian Sands is coming here for HorrorCon. I want to go meet him. <laughs> Me too. I would. I would totally want to meet him. And after he walks, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a nail through his. Uh... <laughs> that's a deep. That's a super <laughs> where, where, deep cut. Wherever he, <laughs> wherever wherever he steps, I'm gonna hit a stepped, nail. Yeah. <laughs> Be like I loved you in season one, Jackie Chan. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, let's see, Nolan North, Kelly Hu, uh, Jason Biggs, who was later uh, replaced by Seth Green. Um, let's see, Kevin Michael Richardson, who's amazing. Again, Clancy Brown comes back. Phil Lamar, J.B. Smooth, uh, David Tennant, who we talked about previously. Michael Dorn, Peter Stromer is in this. Tom Kenny, Roseanne Barr did a voice. Cassandra Peterson did one. Gilbert Gottfried, Keith David, Graham McTavish, and... Um, 
Also, Jeffrey Coons did the voice of the Rat King. I mean, that's who did, who did Michael Jordan's voice. Uh, he did Mozart, the uh, the general of the oh. Triceratons. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. I love Michael Dorn. He's cool. And I, I mean, love Triceratons. So there. If, so if this couldn't get any cool. better, like the, the whole idea that they take these characters and like you were saying with Voltron, where they give them individual arcs and all that, it's like, OK, in this episode, all the turtles are incapacitated and Michelangelo has to figure out how to, you know, get a, an antidote for everybody turning into a fungus. I do or, love that. Yeah. Or like Donatello, where it's like he's, you know, in a love triangle for someone who's clearly not interested in him. But, you know, he's he's kind of like developing along those lines. And how's he going to deal with those feelings when, you know, he realizes that she doesn't have the same feelings for him? Hmm. And it's like that's that makes for compelling storytelling. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Rob Paulson voice Donatello? He voices Donatello in this one, and when they do a crossover to the 1987 universe, he does the Raphael. Nice, because he was Raphael in the old show. Very cool. That's yep. Cool. And um, yeah, so the the cool thing about this too is just how deep it gets. And if you go all the way to the last season, they have this Mad Max sort of like and you'd think it'd be like the last Ronin sort of thing, but it's like this Mad Max like driving in like sort of thing and everybody is like anthropomorphic there's uh Raphael and he's got a beard and Donatello is in the body of a robot and they're trying to find out what happened and it's kind of like they're looking oh for... is that the Kevin Eastman or uh, the race universe yeah it's, that he came it's up insane with? And, and you're like what the hell is going on in the 2003 show too there was one episode where there was I don't remember what it was called but I know Kevin Eastman had a uh, like a race in the future comic that he did yeah it, that it's... it was I, what's it it's called? like that yeah it, it was that's really cool yeah because there was I, one I episode what it's called of, too but it was really cool yeah there was one episode of the uh, 2003 one that uh did that that's really it, cool and also in the 2003 one they also did the usagi yojimbo which sure was did. phenomenal in this 2012 yes. version yeah nice. so good sweet but um, so, I mean, uh, this is this is something that's like this was special for me because we, we were talking about Sunday morning cartoons. This was the family time where I would get up on Sundays and my kids would not miss this at nine or nine thirty on Nickelodeon. We'd all watch it together. And nice. one, one of my kids could care less about the turtles, but it's like, oh, yeah, we're not missing family time to watch this and all that. And it was just like the, the biggest way that we bonded. So I, I look back at this one and, and this is probably one of my favorites that they've ever rebooted. Nice, dude. Nice. 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 Yeah, that's, really cool. that, that, that's the version that I thought looked really dumb and never watched it because of it. But I did. I played the game on the phone, the, the, the uh, RPG game. And uh, it kind of makes Legends. me like want to check out the the show now because I think some of the designs are really cool. It gets better too. Like as as you go on, there's like what, what's this? Oh, there's like a rat fink sort of character. And you're like what? Yeah. It's like it's oh yeah, got, he's mutated into a car. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of like we were. Oh my god, rat fink. Uh, it's kind of like what we were saying, you know, with Transformers Prime and I said about DuckTales. You know, it's like sometimes yeah. sometimes the the drawings kind of just grow on you if the storytelling is there. Then uh, you know, it just uh, it ends up being all right. You know, it's you like, adapt yeah, it's to it. Cool. Yeah, you adapt to it. Yeah, yeah. tales is so good though. I mean, like just like everything that you said, and then some. Like Ducktales is so freaking good. <laughs> awesome. I I I never really caught this Nickelodeon show. Um, I was aware of it, and I know people love it, and I know it's the most connected to the IDW verse, right? 
It is. It, it actually came out a year after that the IDW comic came out because that came out in 2011. So this one came out the next year. And it, this is the one that has tied everything back like DuckTales, where it's mm-hmm. like they had like Corey Feldman comes back and does a voice, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and then, nice. then you get like um, Robbie Rist, who did the voice of Michelangelo in the uh, in the movies, comes back mm. and does Mondo Gecko, you know. Oh, and, that's so good. That's so good. And you just like you hear the voice and you know exactly who it is. You're like, oh mm-hmm. man, wipe out! And you're like, oh, this is great, you know. <laughs> just like so like all these guys come back and and um, it's they tie in all these characters. You're like, oh, Muckman, cool, you know. <laughs> like right, someone right. someone comes back and becomes <laughs> who plays uh, Joe Eyeball? Yeah. Actually, Danny they, DeVito. I think it should be Danny DeVito. <laughs> it should be. Is it Danny DeVito? <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> Yeah, they, there is a Joe, Joe Eyeball in it, though. So that's, nice. you know, and then they get into space and, and the Fugitoid is in there. And some of the best turtle stuff is turtles in space. Yeah. Just like like with X-Men. Some of the best X-Men stuff is when they're in uh, space. You just take yes. them out of there and put them in their thing. And it's like, OK, they don't have to worry about the world that hates and fears them and hiding in the sewers and the shredder. Now they're fighting Lord Dreg, played by Tony Shaloub, you know, out in, in space. And it's like, this is gonzo, man. I love it. That's crazy. Is is Lord Dreg the guy that they introduced in the last season of the original cartoon? Unfortunately, yes. They they call that the Red Sky season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a thing. That's the, I remember that name. That's that's crazy. They actually brought him into it. They did. Yeah. There's there's him and and some of the other ones. Um, I, I don't know if they got into Tempestra. But uh, <clears throat> I always laugh about that because I'm like, wasn't that the drummer for Rob Zombie, Tempestra? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Uh, it seems like she might be the, the sister of Slymenstra Hyman from Guar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely related by a uh, marriage to Odorous Shurungus and something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Awesome pick, dude. Um, really, really cool. I definitely would like to see you give the show a chance and see it. Yeah. I know people just love it. And I know it's one of those things you're in the long haul. And like uh, I talked about this in the previous episode uh, when we had Randy Carter on, but I'm just finally going through Rebels now. And that's something that I'm muscling through the look of because I really just do not like the way it looks at all. Oh, you're talking um, about uh, Star Wars Rebels? Star Wars Rebels, yeah. And uh, it's better it's man than I. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I'm just I'm just going to try sticking with it because everybody says, oh, my God, it's one of the greatest Star Wars things that's ever existed. You just got to stick with it. And uh, so I, I you know, I'm, I'm trying, but I really don't like the way it looks. So, you know, I mean, there's there's like we've said, you know, sometimes you end up liking the way it looks a little bit better as you go. And sometimes maybe I never will. Maybe I never will. But it, if the stories are there, then the stories are there. So right. everybody says that this the the greatest turtle show, pretty much. So, um, but but it's one of them. But Joe, <laughs> yes. You, why don't you give us your pick, and we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we got. Okay, so my pick is the 2003 version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, the way You son of a... (laughs) (laughs) It's almost as if we planned this. (laughs) What? Did we? Uh, Yeah, this show is just... Oh, my God. Like, I didn't think I was going to like the show. But, oh, my God. It's, It's my favorite... One of my favorite shows of all time, next to Gargoyles, mm-hmm. it is so goddamn good. It's also very dark, mm-hmm. like super like, dark. There's like, yeah. like the, the first season, Leonardo cuts off Shredder's head, just like in mm-hmm. the comics. But the way how they did it in the cartoon, it's like okay, well, the, the Shredder's not a human; he's a Utron, just like in this armor. Yeah, which we didn't know when we he cut his know. head off. 
Yeah. Right. So, that was so like we thought those, it was a guy. We thought was Shredder like, was a yeah, human. That was the holy shit moment. Yes. For me. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Like, I they <laughs> let this go. I know. They let this go. What? This is the kids show. Uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and oh my God. So good. And and poor Baxter Stockman. Fucking yeah, dude. Shit. The running gag. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, why didn't he just kill the shredder? Jesus Christ. The guy <laughs> is so smart. Like, he can come up with all these these gadgets and he can just kill the shredder, no problem. No, no, he's very he is such an intriguing character because he is so ego driven. And yes. and like right now, he's like in the comics, he's the mayor of New York, and there's mutant town because like a big mutagen bomb went off and all that, and like it's all walled up, and he is still so ego driven and all that. And and it's like he's in the last Ronin, and he's basically just like an eye and a head left. You know, it's like yeah. Baxter turned out to be like one of the greatest villains of all that the turtles have ever faced. And that is the place that gets him the most correct more so than him turning into the fly and all that in, in like the 2012 one. But that yeah. Baxter is frightening because there's yeah. stakes and there's things that happen to him. And it's like, Oh crap. They just like right. cut him to bits. And it's like, Literally, now he's a floating yeah. head and, and he's got yeah, a he's, spider he, he's body. A, he's, and He's just a brain in a jar now yeah. like with, with, with one eye. It's like, he never gives Holy up. Holy shit. Never that stops. is so dark for a kid show yeah. yeah and he still considers him himself as like like this greatest person ever and all that like dude you're you're like organs in a jar you know right right, right. you don't have a leg to stand on literally it, literally yeah <laughs> yeah you just have a stem yeah <laughs> i have, I have his action figure it's pretty on. crazy i'll, I'll yeah. send you a picture of that afterwards but i i have a lot of figures from that line that they came out so awesome and, and it's, it was so close to the Mirage that they even did like that one episode where um, Donatello meets a guy named Kirby and he has the magical rock on top of the pencil and he creates this world and they go into it. They did that in an episode of, of the 2003 series. It's wow. freaking cool as hell. That's cool. Yeah. Right. I, uh, I agree with Joe. Uh, this is my favorite iteration of the turtles. I love it. It's uh, it definitely looks to the comics, the most, the original comics. It, it definitely, yeah. definitely kidified them for sure. It's, it's more kid friendly in a lot of ways, but it's also like, there's a lot of storylines that they adapted. Um, and then some of them, they, they really went their own direction with afterwards, but like the Triceraton yeah. war and the Fugitoid. And, and I mean, that was, that was amazing. I loved all the Triceraton stuff. They're just my favorite anyway. Cause I just love yeah. Triceratopses, but like they really did such a good job with that whole storyline. And there were so many different, uh, like members of the Triceraton race that became mm-hmm. characters. And, um, I remember there was my favorite was, uh, Traximus. <laughs> who was like because it was because it was right after like gladiator was like a recent movie i think that was like what 98 or something like that and so he was a gladiator in in the triceraton world and so instead of maximus it was like traximus funny right. but like he was he was so badass but um yeah i i just uh i just love that show so much uh yeah. i love the voices um nobody really famous but like it was uh just a really well voiced show and I love that version of the Shredder. I loved learning yeah. that he was a Neutron. It was very different. I don't think yep. he should be a Neutron always, but I right, loved right. that take. Yeah, he he yes. was scary yes. in the, in that one. He like was. the whole thing, oh, and yeah. he had like that lightning bolt scar, kind of yeah. Harry yeah, I mean, Potterish. He really but... felt unkillable. 
Because yeah. you're like, yes. my God, he just, no matter what you do, he doesn't die. Like, he's so evil and he was so old. Yeah. Uh, it was neat, like, having a way that Shredder could be alive in feudal Japan. Yes. Yeah. He's like, well, right. they live that long. Okay, cool. Like, this, this just, it's been the same guy. He's been here that long. Uh, very interesting. Well, let very me ask you this one too, because this this is kind of interesting. Like, what's your favorite version of Splinter? Because maybe if this is your best Shredder, right? I don't think this 2003 series had my favorite Splinter. I um, I think design yeah. wise, I didn't like the way he looked at all. I actually, yeah, right. I actually said that to Peter Laird in person. Oh, I was like, I was one of we were talking all about this show because it was still on. I'm like, I don't know if I can get behind the, the, the splinter design of this show. And he's like, really? He's like, oh, he's you know, he's really tough to get right. And he's like, oh, you know, but I think that um, looks wise, I like him in your show. Yeah, the 2012 version. He looks very regal. He's a little too tall for me, but I loved Splinter on the show overall. And I loved the freaking episode where all the turtles are arguing over which weapon is the best weapon oh, and yeah. splinter oh, was yes. like yeah it doesn't matter i i will beat you all with a stick and he did and then yeah. and that was the episode where you're like oh my god splinter is a straight badass oh yeah like, he he could right. kick anyone's ass he is amazing he's just reserved and doesn't but oh wait does. wait till you like if you've ever read like the batman crossover right mm-hmm. you know and and like as high as a level as you could put batman at you know, and it's like at that level is Shredder and above that is Splinter. And the only reason Splinter lost to Bane was because he brought a ceiling down on him. But he was beating the hell out of Bane himself with a stick. So it's wow. like that's wow. that's how like top tier Splinter is. He's like Yoda, basically. Yeah. It's it, the same thing. Joe, what, what do you have to say about the, the Splinter question? I didn't mean to talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just actually just looked up the uh, the 2012 version of a. Uh, of the show and yeah i do like that splinter a lot i think it's really cool he's i also cool decided to check up the uh the 2007 movie version oh very cool version oh yeah. yeah he was a great yeah voice by mako yeah it so came out the year uh after he passed actually that that movie i oh. i do yeah i love that splinter i love yeah. that you know what that that one's up there that might be my favorite yeah. i i really did like that splinter he was just the right balance of cute he should be a little cute Let's, let's you probably count right. for reboots, right? For because it is a cartoon, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know why I said it like cartoon, but <laughs> WNBC. WNBC. It's an air pig vomit. Oh, I really like that movie a lot, actually. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. All right, so I will bring us home with my final pick, which is it's it's there are two shows that ended too prematurely that I will just never get over. Uh, one of them is the Thundercats reboot that we talked about. And the other one, I am still not over. This premiered in 2008 and ran for one season, 26 episodes. It is Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, my God. This Wonderful. Absolutely my favorite X-Men show. Um, I will, I'm just going to say it. I'm not really a fan of the old X-Men show. I, I think it's one of the most overrated shows of all time i really don't understand why people like it as much as they do uh, it looks like complete shit i thought it looked like shit at the time yeah. um and i think that it sort of started the era of like saban badly drawn cartoons that used like way highlander they used way too much black and yes. uh didn't really look good at all didn't have good animation didn't have good drawings uh 
I, I mean, there were episodes, there were shots of this where like you look at Cyclops and he would just have six like perfect circles on his stomach and they're supposed to be abs like it, i mean there's just very little understanding of anatomy on this show it just was not well it didn't look good to me at all and uh i don't know like overall like some of the some of the versions i like the cal dodd wolverine for sure but um you know and and obviously gambit was amazing gambit was perfect rogue was did, great did you know gambit was was peter from uh the kung fu the legend continues i did not know i had no idea I had no idea, but learn something new every day. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Gene and Scott thing where like, you know, 70% of each other's fucking dialogue is just each other's names just like kills me. The Gene Scott bullshit. Oh, uh, my but, kids oh my hate God, Jean Grey. Yes. I, they I mean, hate so, her. She's so awful on that show. It's just it's just unbelievable how annoying she is. But anyway, so I I really like, you know, just don't have that as like my tentpole X-Men show. This is my favorite X-Men show by far. And I will tell you right now, that in 26 episodes, they managed to tell, not only did they tell one really good arc, they told one really good story that does have an ending, but it just kills me that we never got more and I'll never get, get over it because of the teaser for season two was so goddamn delicious yes. and we'll never freaking get to have that meal and it just sucks. But, um, but uh, I will say 26 episodes, they told one arc, but not every episode was dedicated to that arc. So there were many arcs and that just was so fun. So you had various small, like there were three episodes where they went back. Uh, they went to the future, not back to the future. They went to the future and it was, uh, it was another team. It was the post-apocalyptic world of Days of Future Past. And there were Sentinels ruling everything and all this stuff and Professor X had his own future X-Men and he was active. He wasn't, uh, he had some robot legs, basically. He could just kind of slip them on and they would just magically make his legs work. And uh, <laughs> Bishop was in the future, which was amazing. And Marrow Love was Bishop. in the future. Yeah. Um, and lots Polaris of- Polaris was there. Yeah. Polaris. Um, and uh, <laughs> they- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. That was my that, Pete and Pete reference. That, uh, we all got it. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure we all got that. Um, I'm the strongest man in the world. The tire um, air. <laughs> so, the, so you had that. That was like a microclasm, uh, little tiny arc that they would go back to every few episodes, and it had its own little arc. Just those future episodes with with a uh, Professor X and his crew, and then another arc, another running arc was Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler had three episodes that he got to be the star of, and he on the second his second appearance he met the scarlet witch and they clearly had a thing and so it was kurt and wanda you're kind of like we're, you're shipping kurt and wanda and then they kurt had th- and they- wanda <laughs> <laughs> well done wayne and wanda <laughs> um mm, that, wholesome. Oh yeah, there you go and so then they had a third episode where it came home and that was the end of that but nightcrawler got to really do like and he had his, an awesome three episode arc i i mean there were so many episodes that were dedicated to just a side character so for a show that is called wolverine and the x-men and everybody bitched when it came on they're like oh for god's sakes give me a break i'm so sick of wolverine it's always wolverine everything and he's they're shoving him down our throats and he was the star of all the movies like you couldn't get away from it's like oh is it x-men no brian singer it's not x-men it's wolverine 
and also there are some other ex people. Like it's it's all Wolverine all the time. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. And yet the show that's called Wolverine and the X Men had the least amount of Wolverine. There was sure plenty of episodes with Wolverine in it. There were also episodes where he didn't even appear, and there were episodes where he was in it just a little bit. And they had other characters take center stage. You never even saw that in the old show. I feel like Wolverine was always the freaking star of the old right. show. You, I mean, it's funny because you would think so, but then it's like if you go back and, and do the math, it's like, wow, Cyclops had more appearances than Wolverine. That's insane. Is that true? It is actually true. Well, it seems impossible, but I believe you. But yeah, anyway, this show, this show really let a lot of ex people that don't get time to shine shine. The one bummer for me was, uh, well, well, Colossus, they sidelined. They um, they never got to him. Because they they were getting there, they were getting there. They were gonna we were gonna see him in season two for sure. They they basically the the story of the the show. I'll just briefly say something big happens at the beginning and it disbands the X Men. So it's up to Wolverine and it's basically him and Beast at first decide to get the band back together and he really doesn't want to do it. But um, so it's kind of like this like finding everybody. Where is everybody? And so it's fun because you know you then you find. Uh, this person, okay, now they're activated in the world and we'll go back to them later. And that's what happens with Nightcrawler. And then, you know, different people meet Gambit, meet, you know, lots of people. Rogue is super just bummed that Logan left and never doesn't want to forgive him. And she really gets involved with the, like the, what's like Quicksilver and Domino and stuff. It's like a mini like version of the League of How cool is Domino in that series, right? She's so cool. She's so cool. And then there are some some characters that get like, you know, just one quick appearance. Colossus was like a quick danger room appearance with Nightcrawler. Him and Nightcrawler were like in the danger room and you never see him again. They never got to him. Storm is unfortunately always sidelined she gets like two episodes where she gets to do something but even then it sort of doesn't really feel like it's enough i think i think storm really got the short end of the stick for season one but hey maybe they were gonna beef her up more for for the next season who knows but the the teaser is that that uh they stopped days of future past from happening they they the whole thing is to stop that from happening and yet they inadvertently caused the age of apocalypse so you get a teaser in the future and you see apocalypse for the first time and you see uh mr sinister and his only appearance in the show and you see uh age of apocalypse cyclops where he has like the the hair over one eye and he's he has the long hair over one eye and it's just he looks so cool and uh i have all those figures behind me right now like just awesome just awesome and and we never we're never going to get it and uh i know i know uh uh, our buddy Santino Mancibo was also right, right there with me and uh, is just never going to get over it either. Um, so awesome show. Great, great Marvel show, great X-Men show. And uh, I really think it doesn't get enough love. I love Wolverine. And the yes, X-Men. I agree. I, I, I actually that? have the hallmark uh, ornament of that Wolverine from that, so do that I. series. So, so, so like, do I. he goes, yeah. he goes top billing 
every I'm such a huge like X-Men fan and I have always and will always be such a huge Wolverine fan. Like nice. we, we talked about this on like some of the other Dorkening podcasts and stuff like that. They're like, I never realized you loved Wolverine so much. I'm like, I didn't just like love Wolverine. I got like deep into the lore. I'm like, well, he's a samurai. He speaks eight languages. He's been, you know, like I was so into it. And this was a show for me. The only way I could watch this show was going over like my mother-in-law's house, which I did not like doing, but she had that channel, that Nicktoons channel. So we would go over to watch this show and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I got priorities. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely that guy. I'm like, yeah, let's go see your mom on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll tell her we'll be there for dinner and all that. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why do you guys come so early? Well, you know, 4 30, that's when Wolverine the X-Men's on. You know, it's like, you know, and, and no, uh, no the reason. only reason it's not because of that, but oh, I mean, yeah. yes, it is. And, and I mean it had some cool stuff. It had like like the good uh sort of uh kitty kitty pride and Iceman, even though Iceman didn't really do much you got the the scope of how powerful he was and yeah i don't think to date anybody has ever characterized you know in on a screen or or anywhere else nightcrawler as as good as that show did i i 100 agree i think that as you know a big fan i mean he's my favorite character of all time favorite marvel character of all time and um i absolutely think there is no comparison his the best nightcrawler ever 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 outside of comics is is in this show and it's so amazing to me that they gave him i mean when he got his one episode which was called excalibur which is so cool his first episode was so amazing and they basically pit him against spiral and they're on a ship and they're just a bunch of mutant refugees just sailing to genosha and spiral starts like appearing and uh, just like stealing people and going like stealing people. You later learn it's going to Mojo World, but um, they don't reveal that yet. And uh, I think Mojo is like the big after credits tease uh, for that one episode. But I would have been happy with that one like that. I never would have been bold enough to ask for another episode where he was like central ever. Like that was so amazing. That was the best Nightcrawler shit ever was in that episode. Oh, and, yeah. and then, uh, then they take him to uh, Avalon and all that. And then they pair him up yeah. with everything else. And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, I mean just <laughs> it's just so great. It's so great. But like the most badass thing was, they, I mean, they got his tone right. His voice was right. They got his tone. He was quiet. He was he was a very good guy. But you push him far enough. You make him you put him up against the wall and you say, well, I'm threatening these innocent people. And Nightcrawler will do bad stuff to you. And what I liked was, you know, Spiral is this character who has six arms. And in the comics, I think that she had like she had like four real ones and two cyborg ones or something. But in this one, they gave her, I think, four cyborg arms and two real ones. I think it was just the opposite. And so Nightcrawler is fighting her in the big fight in the end. And he ports onto her back and steals two of her arms. And she's down a pair and then they're fighting, they're fighting and he gets the swashbuckle. He actually has a swords. He's fighting her with swords. And so they have this amazing battle and then he does it a second time. And now (laughs) she has, she has only her two like actual arms left. And he has this like super badass line where he's like, you better stop. He's like, you have no more robot arms to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me go there originally in the comics she was someone who would kidnap people and harvest body organs and and things like that and that was kind of like her deal like 
and and then like working for Mojo and the the body shop and all that. So she's really a dark character yeah. for them to kind of pull from. Yeah. Yeah. And she looks she, I always loved her costume. It's so out there, so unique and weird. Yeah. And she uh she they did it. They just did it. Anyway, so great show. Uh, uh you know, we've been talking about cartoons for like an insanely long time now. It's like uh we're pushing two and a half hours. So like let's uh let's uh let's get out of here. I hope you guys had a good time. We are almost done. We we have one final thing. Uh, and that is that is uh, what we call a B segment, and that's when we uh, take one of our one of our co-hosts and, and they get to do a little thing. And uh, so why don't we go right to that and see who it is? You got your spiked gauntlets, you got your bullet belt, you got your leather jacket and your denim, you got your hairspray. Well, put them on because it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal. What's up, everyone? This is Nintendo, and this is another segment of Power to Thy Metal. And on this segment, I would like to talk about this this little thrash groove death metal band called Heart Attack. Stupid name, but their music is pretty badass. They have a good sense of speed, thrash, growling, you name it. They do it. It's amazing. They have two full-length albums. One is called Stop Pretending. Stupid name. Uh, the second album <laughs> is The Resilience. Not that bad. And they have a new album coming out on June 10th called Negative Sun. They have such really bad names. I don't know why. But, hey, you know, the music is good. <laughs> really ragging on their names, Joe. I really am. Um, but they're from France, so I guess it's okay. Um yeah, don't be so, so I, negative, son. I can't help it. God. Um, so yeah, I ho- highly recommend you guys checking this out if you like thrash metal or with a hint of death metal and some groove in it. And then it's probably for you. I I have heard about this band uh, a little while ago. I've been meaning, meaning to check them out, and uh, I'm so glad I did. Uh, they have a couple of uh, videos for uh, their new, their uh, new album, and uh, yeah. Really cool stuff. You guys should check it out. I just looked him up in the meantime. Is it the one with this guy in the business suit with the white tiger head? Yes. Uh, the resilience. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. Yeah, the resilience. Yep. yep. And then it looks yep. like septic melody, take your pride back, and four live. Yes. Sweet. Yep. That's the one. Yeah, I'm going to be checking this out. Yeah. Cool. Pretty fucking cool. cool. All right. Thanks, Joe. Another awesome band for the, uh, for the power to the metal archives yes all you guys keep in score check out a little heart attack i actually don't i don't hate the names don't, much i mean don't 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 have a heart attack no buy the heart you attack. should you should listen to heart attack buy, yes listen to heart but attack. You, you have to say it like this heart attack ack, 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 ack. you <laughs> ought to know by now <laughs> yeah you, you ought to know really should i don't want to die right now <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's been a hell of a night and I hope everybody had a great time listening. I know we had a good time presenting all some all these crazy cartoons that we used to love. Uh, Justin Cooper, sir, thank you so much for coming back on the show. You are welcome anytime. Uh, always a pleasure. Before you go, uh, please promo your podcast. You're, 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 you have all these podcasts, you have all these shows. Talk about your shit before we get going. 
Uh, well, you know me. I don't really like to talk about myself. So uh, 14 of my podcasts. No, it's <laughs> uh, no the, the big shows you, you can check out on uh, the Dorkening. You can check out Geek Life HQ, which is kind of like a movie review life sort of uh, thing with a little bit of comedy and, and stuff mixed in. It's uh, Matt, Justin with an E and Justin with an I. Every once in a while, we'll have some guests on. Um, we, we've had... Uh, you know, John Ray's Davies. We've had uh, Dana Gould and Bobcat Goldthwait. We had uh, the the nephew of Ernest P. Worrell, Jim Varney. So wow. Justin Lloyd, that was that was actually a really great episode. So every once in a while, we'll do that. We had uh, Penelope Spears, the director of Wayne's World and Beverly Hillbillies. So, oh, wow. So nice. that is pretty. Every once in a while, we'll luck out and get some really cool people. Um, so that's that's a fun one. Check out Geek Life HQ. You can also check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, which is uh, the Ninja Turtles one. I, I um, had a lot like lately we've had a lot of cover artists who have been doing the last Ronins and stuff and, and highly, highly recommend if you get to check out the episode with um, Mike Ruth awesome guy like i had so much fun with him he like we've become good friends i sent him a swamp thing because he just did a cover of dc comics swamp thing number nine like great guy so nice. check them out and um i mean i just released uh, a long time coming i started doing some more episodes of the fan hyphen tastic the fantastic podcast yeah we just did one okay. on metallica so for anyone who's a big metallica fan or not you know but it's uh just I like to do things that I'm a fan of. Um, last week we did one, uh, your top 10 Beatles songs. So that I had uh, some friends from the movie marquee podcast on, and we went through and they are huge fans of the Beatles. And I wasn't expecting them to say like, Oh, one of my favorite songs is Norwegian wood. I'm like, what? Okay. You know, so, but it's, it's just that kind of stuff where it like captures that like energy about like what you get excited about. Like when we're talking about Voltron and Brave Star yeah. and that's, yeah, that's right. the whole show. Just can we put that lightning in a bottle? So <laughs> that's it. You know, um, awesome. there's, there's other shows that I'm doing on the dorkening, but I don't even think they're out yet. So, <laughs> you know, when you right. get a chance, I'll, I'll tell you about those. <laughs> nice man well thanks again for stopping by this was a, a really good time and uh with that that pretty much wraps up the episode so retroids if you haven't jumped ship by now which you know to be fair i wouldn't blame you i mean this is just, just a long one it was gonna be a long one there's no way it wasn't gonna be a long one we're that was good cartoons <laughs> and it was with justin cooper there's no fucking way i was i had to talk about ducktales for like 45 minutes there's no way it was gonna gonna be a short episode but if right. you if you're still with us you know by now we uh, you ought to know by now. We we certainly you hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up super cool. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being full fledged members of the Inebriart Podcast Network. We are big freaking dorks, and we're we're on the dorkening. We love the dorkening. Justin Cooper's on the dorkening. And uh, after you're done checking out Epic Tales from the Sewers and Geek Life HQ, why not check out some other cool shows like like Let's Not with Michelle and Sam and Shark Bites and Then Is Now and What Is That Noise and Still Toking and The Horror Squad. And there's just like a billion shows. At this point, there's like 40 shows on the Dorkening. There's something for everybody. That's what I like to say about the Dorkening. I've decided that right now, that's what I like saying about the Dorkening. Yeah, no, I've heard um, so, you say that. Yeah, right just, just right now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So for, for more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. And uh, you know, you know, we, we'd appreciate it. We really would. I have I've been me. I've been your host. My name is Parasite Steve, aka Steve Ann Sampson, aka Steve of Destruction, and nobody calls me that. 
And it is, uh, it is, it, it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here. Good night. I feel like we need to fuck a pow. When I think of that, and I think of like enemies, I think of like the statues from Castlevania that fire things, and I'm like, that's not possible. Like, what are they? You know? How about the Bowser statues in Mario Three that shoot lasers out of their freaking mouths? Like, are they connected to some sort of a generator underneath? Where do you get the lasers? In the <laughs> where, where does the laser come from? Actually, it's little toadstool people on hamster wheels, and um, if not, it's powered by lava, and that's canon. Okay. <laughs>